Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. And joining me today, you know him from the Unspoiled Podcast, the Project Fandom website, and the Podcast Fandom uh, Podcast. Joining me is Anton Belain. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming on and staying up as late as you are to, to join me for today's episode. Oh, that's fine. I'm completely a night owl anyways. It's one of, I'm one of those people that it's like sleep, really? Nah. <laughs> um, for those that aren't familiar with your work, can you tell us uh, you know, where they can find your work and uh, what shows you cover? Oh, okay. Um, so I um, was covering Game of Thrones for uh, Podcast Fandom, the podcast of ProjectFandom.com, and also uh, covering Game of Thrones with Unspoiled. With, um, and recently, I've been doing... Uh, daredevil reviews for project fandom but that ended because i finished my review of season one which is amazing um i don't know if you've finished watching it yet peter not yet oh but it's it's good isn't it it is it's good so far i think i'm up to episode four so i'm not very far but even then it's like even if you're not a comic book fan i always tell my friends who watch like the wire and true detective and like justified or the shield Mm -hmm. that they love daredevil just ignoring the fact that he's a superhero, he eventually it does put on a suit one day, and they love it. They love it for like the corrupt cops, the inner city violence, you know, like all the stuff that make shows like The Shield and The Wire so popular. Yeah, yeah, I I really do enjoy it. And a little shout out to uh, Jessica Park, who I got to interview. She was in the pilot of oh, uh, nice. Daredevil. She was one of the Russian hookers. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we. I don't know if you saw the the spoilers for season two well not only spoilers but casting news right uh, uh maybe it, they cast uh the guy who plays shane john I'm, i hope i'm not saying his name wrong barenthal is playing oh, john Berenthal, yeah mm-hmm. he's gonna play the punisher yeah yeah i got a picture with him uh last year at the oh, uh nice. yeah who portland Wizard world future punisher would be the guy you took a picture with not just shane but now the punisher right at the time he had just came um actually i'm trying to think if wolf of wall street already came out but at the time, I've only known him for Shane and then his role on Snitch with uh, The Rock. Oh, right, right. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that he, he he has done more stuff than just Shane from The Walking Dead. Right. So, yeah, but so yeah that's, that's, that's pretty cool. We're getting an Electra season two. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, Young is playing her um, from uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. She played Jinx, the oh, blind on uh, Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, so, it's funny because, like, the picture I saw online is basically what Electra kind of wears, too. Basically, yeah, she's ba- all they have to do is not give her the blindfold, and it's she's Electra. Just put the blindfold on her head because Electra has that uh that signature bandana. Uh-huh. Yeah, or as my some of my friends say, her do-rag. <laughs> right. It, depending on what, what your, what your, uh, what your ethnic persuasion is, it depends on what you want to say it is on her head. But it does look a little like some people think it's, it's, she looks like an 80s rapper. Right, or right. <laughs> some say she looks like she's, she's, uh, she's an Asian woman selling fish on the right side of the street. I don't know. Oh, Either man. way, something on her head. I, it's always been iconic for her. So I'm excited for Elektra because she, it's, it's basically, you can't do an X-Men movie without Cyclops and Jean Grey, right? Right, right. Something like that. So um, that's what's cool about that. I've also um, been covering, currently right now I'm covering um, The Sandman on Unspoiled. And that's really fun on Neil Gaiman's um, famous graphic novel series. So that's pretty cool. Um, I haven't really had any assignments recently on Project Fandom because Lucifer's, um, the Lucifer's pilot hasn't come out yet on Fox. It's coming out this fall, the Lucifer TV show. Mm Mm-hmm. 
yeah, so, but otherwise, that's pretty much what I do. Um, I really enjoy podcasting, thanks to Nina and Natasha getting me into it. Yeah, I uh, I first heard you on Nina's um, podcast fandom covering the, the Game of Thrones, and you bring a very awesome insight to it because you're, um, you know, so versed in the books, you know, in the book knowledge. I'm one of those people that have been waiting for the book six since 2010. So right. <laughs> when people are waiting for the new season, I'm like, guys, I've been waiting for the next book, and it's been six years now. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. It's, yeah, I mean, at least Harry Potter ended in a timely fashion. Right. Yeah, so for those that are interested, definitely check out those podcasts uh, to, to hear you uh, spit knowledge. Um, and you, you, uh, you also covered Empire with Devin uh, on yes, Natasha's show. Cover- Yes, I did cover Empire with uh, Devin and Natasha, also for Unspoiled. And the fun thing about Empire was um, uh, Natasha was so, like, bogged down by covering True Detective and Hannibal. She's like, I need something lighthearted. And I remember, I think Devin and I jumped on onto the suggestion of Empire by some of her listeners. Like, you need something. You need a palate cleanser. Yeah. You know? And that's a fun listen, too, because sometimes you guys break out into a little karaoke. <laughs> well, I mean. This is some that- 90s music. <laughs> that show is it's a flashback to a lot of like i mean i love love 90s hip-hop so it's it's a it has a special place in my heart the way a lot of people have a special place in their heart for spice girls and backstreet boys right hey you know everyone has a little bit of a guilty pleasure too i enjoy some of those music myself true true i but i have no i have no guilt admitting that yes boys to men oh yeah yo no love boys to men yeah that's not even a guilty pleasure that's just no. a pleasure Straight up karaoke night. You yeah. can get four lined up, and we will sing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Boys and Men isn't my go-to. Um, I don't have. I don't think my voice is that that good. But I, I do a little Three Doors Down, a little here and there, a little Kryptonite. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with me is like when I hang out with with all my friends, like oh, you know, um, restating the listeners, like I I'm I'm gay, so I hang out with a bunch of gay guys. Uh-huh. So karaoke is a blood sport for for my people. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, we enjoyed. Do you guys have? I I don't know if this regional or if it's like a like a big corporate thing, but we have a place called Voicebox, and um, there's like twelve rooms, and you you have a server that comes in and they they take your drink orders or food. It, we have something similar to that. It's mm-hmm. not Voicebox here. It's uh, Spotlight, but I think it's mm-hmm. a local uh, Houston thing. Okay. Yeah, we, we do that for birthdays because that's the only way you can actually have the mic all to yourself versus, like, there's this one local bar that's super packed on a Wednesday. Right. Uh, on, it's called Guava Lamp, and it's a local gay bar, but Wednesday nights is our karaoke night, and, man, that is, that's where you see people fishing to enter the next American Idol uh, audition. <laughs> you got you to periscope it, some of those. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense, man. I mean, even I, like, you know, sometimes I'll just drunkenly, like, jokingly and drunkenly sign myself up but then after you see the, the people that came before me I'm like nope 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 bye bye i'm going i'm going home <laughs> yeah i want to see some of those clips on facebook oh i will actually the one i can show you i can post one for you later but it's actually one of my friends patrick he's really good oh, okay. and he does a um i feel uh feeling good but he does the uh the uh michael buble version and man mm. he can a note yeah michael buble is pretty good He's a little yeah. underrated. You know, a lot of people give him, well, I don't want to say they give him crap, but you know, just his style of music isn't what's in, really. You know, the, uh, I kind of love that about him, though, and I think that's why he's a, he's a bit of a, a, bit of, a, bit of a, a darling for the hipsters and the gays. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Sam Smith when he first started coming around, like, eh, it's a little different. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then he won his Grammy, and now the hipsters turned on him. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, you decided to lose the weight, and now you're listening to what they want you to do, and it's like, nah, that's not how that works, man. Right, right. Just, just bills to pay. Well, per, per, let's see what the hipsters think about the movie Ant-Man here, uh, which is what you're joining me for. Uh, yep. I, I don't know if that segue was any good, but I tried. It was actually pretty great because, let's be fair, the the hipsters are obsessed with the underdog, and this was the underdog movie yeah. of the Marvel franchise for now. It was. A lot of people didn't know what the heck Ant-Man was. I still kind of don't know what it is, and um, that's why you're on here to hopefully shed light on oh, this stuff that I definitely don't know. Oh, I, it's perfectly fine. I I, I, I I sold this to you at the pre-show, but I'll say it again. Um, I was so worried that Ant-Man was going to be actually Marvel's first flop. Mm-hmm. But they pulled it out of the park. I mean, I am so excited the same way I was so excited that Guardians of the Galaxy was actually becoming a thing. And then when it became successful, it was like the sleeper summer hit of last year, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of like the the ratings and how much money it took in. Like... Marvel, I don't know. Did, did they do a deal with the devil or something? Because <laughs> they took they right now they have their they have made their like most obscure bottom of the tier superheroes and made them summer hits. So like that's really really crazy. And then on the other side of the of the pond, you have DC barely struggling mm-hmm. i mean struggling just to just to make a superman batman movie i mean the sub superman batman movie i i don't know if you remember that cast that rumor about how they had to switch out the the release date because they didn't want it to be on the same month as captain america civil war right they push year. it out yeah yeah the, the fact that that happened that marvel that little old wee captain america which to be fair though the civil war movies is is from what i hear with all the superheroes that are packing in that film it's basically avengers 2.0 because mm-hmm. it's going to be the backdoor avengers 3 movie mm, right. in terms of everything that's allegedly going down so i mean the fact that superman and batman who you know i always i know this is terrible but sometimes i i, I casually roll my eyes at people that only know superman and batman as superheroes because it's like oh that's how you spot a casual right but I mean, the fact that these are these are household names, and the fact that they're pissing their pants, worrying about that, while Ant Man and Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy are doing really well right now, it's crazy. Yeah, I've always kind of known Ant Man was. He, is he a part of the Avengers? Oh, he's one of the well. Okay, so the originals. Um, he is actually part of the original roster of the Avengers. Hank okay. uh, Um who was in this movie, but he's played by Michael, Michael Douglas. Right. The man that we meet in this film, Scott Lang, play, the one played by Paul Rudd, he's actually the second iteration of Ant-Man. Um, he's, um, I'm not really caught up on the comics, but I think he still is an Ant-Man. But the thing with the Marvel universe is they're okay with having like two Ant-Man, you know, two Miss Marvels sort mm-hmm. of. So that's a thing. Um, what I find interesting though is, so, you know, Hank Pym, has always been part of the original Avengers. He was there in the first Avengers um, story comic book that ever came out in the 60s, where, you know, um, I don't know if you know this, but Loki possesses the Hulk and makes, and basically he goes on a rampage, and that's what leads Iron Man, Thor, and um, Wasp, and Ant-Man to come together to defeat the Hulk. Hmm. And that's how the Avengers are formed. Captain America didn't show up till way later because they had to find him in the iceberg. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Chilling. that's really interesting that you know like they took. I mean, he's always been part of the Avengers alongside the Wasp. Yeah, it's just that they've always been the people because their powers are really kind of weird. Um, they were created by uh, 
Stanley and Jack Kirby and um, a bit of a brief comic book history. Jack Kirby, he he his imagination was really out there, which is great. But at the same time, it's one of those things that don't translate well. You know, he, mm-hmm. he was he's responsible for the creation of a lot of wackier aspects of the superhero universe. Right. So there's that. But yeah, Ant-Man's always been around. Yeah, I've always seen the name. It's just, I can't even, you know, I can probably picture him, but I don't know if, if it's him or somebody else that's kind of like him. Like you said, it's one of those like fourth tier guys that's... Yeah, very, very yeah. It's, you know, he's not there. a sexy superhero, you know. Oh no, he's not. And it's it's hard to it's hard to like, especially now that the Avengers has basically it's everybody who has superpowers in the Marvel universe can be an Avenger. Mm-hmm. So you you try to put him next to Wolverine, Spider Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Storm, Black Panther, he's gonna you know fall to the wayside. Yeah, and not only that, I mean Scott Lang, he's you know in his forties and. I don't think he's going to be one of those where the kids are going to be like, yeah, I want to be Scott Lang or Ant-Man oh, yeah. or something. To you be know. fair, his, so, so can, I, can I just give a brief summary on yeah. the non-spoiler? Okay, so the whole, the whole gist is um, forced out of his own company, former vice former protege Darren Cross, played by the actor from uh, uh, House Strain. of Cards. Mm-hmm. Yes, there we go. I was trying to remember what his name was. So Dr. Hank Pym, Hank Pym played by Michael Douglas, recruits a former – Thief slash corporate espionage guy Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, right. um, to become uh, the Ant Man, who is who he used to be back in like the Cold War era, is what we can gather from the flashback. And his abilities basically is superhuman strength and the control of an army of ants. There you go with the crazy powers, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, basically, he has to infiltrate uh, the Hank Pym's old company that's now owned by or controlled by Darren Cross. And basically destroy this uh, yellow jacket suit, which he was, which he created, uh, Darren Cross created, sort of like as a as a replica of the original Ant Man suit. Right on steroids, yeah. yeah. On steroids, holy crap! Though <laughs> I like it. I like the way it looks, um, and it, it's got a couple things added to it too. Um, on the back side, is it just more legs? Is is that what it was supposed to be? Yeah. It's- Yellow Jacket. So here's the interesting thing. Ant-Man, Hank Pym, has had many name changes. Like He's like the P. Diddy of superheroes. Okay. He's gone from Ant-Man to Giant-Man to Yellow Jacket. He even, at one point in time, his wife died, revolving door of resurrection in the Marvel in superhero comics, and he decided to even take up his wife's name. So Yellow Jacket is actually a callback to the fact that that's one of his many names. And Oh, appearances, actually, because I think when he was Yellow Jacket, he did have the weird Doctor Octopus Spider-Man looking pincers. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I noticed that, it's, and it's it's not it doesn't appear to be like wings. It, it's just more like extra legs, I guess. Kind of, I mean, but yeah, Doc Ock type of thing is, I, I think, a pretty good explanation or description of it. Um, the movie is directed by Peyton Reed. Um, I guess we know him from like Bring It On and The Breakup. Uh, it's the, se- the second director, right? Because originally it was supposed to be Edgar Wright. Yeah, yes, it was uh, Edgar Wright. But I don't refresh my memory. Who did? What has Edgar Wright done in the past? Because I, as I remember, when Peyton um, took over, I was so shocked because the only movie of his that I've seen is Bring It On. So I was even I was kind of a little like chattering in my teeth yeah. when I saw um, Edgar Wright. He's done like uh, Hot Fuzz and um, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, World's End, you know the stuff with like Simon Pegg and stuff. Oh, 
So he's done all that. And I think he did that little short, too, that leaked, you know, with uh, Ant-Man, like, running in the hallway. And um, so I think he did that. Hmm. Do you know what okay. I'm talking about? The, the little no, no, no. I, I, I just, I guess. You know, you, you know, you're right. Now I'm looking at his IMD page. Okay, so that's funny. Edgar Wright, I've actually seen a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. I've just never bothered to look at the credits properly. Probably because it has a, it has a lot of stars that I find recognizable. So I just focus on them. I know that's terrible of me. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, it, it. I liked it. Um, I liked the movie. What did you think? Uh, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, which which is actually, I, I guess I kind of went in thinking I was going to love it based on how Guardians of the Galaxy performed last year, where it was a property, you know, not only did the masses, you know, was not familiar with, I was not, you know, and I'm not a comic book reader. Um, so I was, just, you know, I, so with Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess I went in just no expectations and came in. I was like, wow, that, that that was really good. It wasn't my, you know, it didn't shoot up to my number one nor my top three, I don't think. But that's kind of where it was landing with a lot of people. So with Ant-Man, I was like, if it, if it could be anything close to that, I'd be happy. And I don't think it was. But that's not to say that, you know, this was a disappointment by any means. It just, I, I, I guess my expectations was a little high. Uh, I'm a huge pa- uh, fan of Paul Rudd. Yeah, I loved him since Clueless. Um, I've loved him since, uh, oh my god, he wasn't Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> I've loved him since, since Freaks and Geeks, but then as soon as he said Clueless, I'm like, oh wait, no, he was in that too. And Freaks and Geeks is way later. Yeah, sh- shout out, uh, oh. I, I did a, a review on Clueless as well. Um, but yeah, Paul Rudd been a big fan. His casting was a little kind of a head scratcher, but I was like, you know what? I like the guy. I you know I can get down with this. You know I I, I liked him in Friends, but nothing he's done had made me think superhero. But I was, I was like, sure, why not? What has Marvel done wrong? You know what I mean? Oh, this is true. They, I mean, come on, they took Andy from The Office and made him a superhero. Right. I mean, Andy from Parks and Rec. Sorry. Yeah, I, I knew Andy what you meant. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Andy from Parks and Rec and made him Star Lord. A household name now. Yep. Yeah, that is crazy. It's oh my gosh. And then I mean, yeah, and and and, and uh, Dave Batista. I remember last year when Guardians was coming out, everyone thought that Dave Batista's character was going to be the weakest because it's like, well, he's not really an actor, he's a wrestler. Right. And he, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts were on on Drax the Destroyer, but Drax the Destroyer was great. I am um, matter of fact, her with a like he couldn't understand sarcasm. Yeah, actually, I I uh, that I joke about the on um, I use that same joke often on a lot of other podcasts that I am a guest on, where when somebody would ask for my opinion and I don't have anything good to say, I will say, well, I'm, I'm like Drax, you know, it goes over my head. I just I don't get it. <laughs> Um, so I use that as a joke, but uh, Drax I, I do like, you know, and credit to Dave Batista to uh, take acting lessons, you know, so that way his line delivery is on point. Yeah, it's it's crazy though. Like, I mean, I remember I I, I was saying like when Drax came out, I was just like, all right, nah, he he kind of looks like his counterpart, his um his comic book version, and uh, the lines that they you know they just had him grunting and throwing stuff. So I'm just like, all right, he'll probably be the weakest actor. But when the movie came out, I was like, wow, he was my favorite. I really, I had to choose between him and Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Oh, and by the way, the fact that they made Groot a household name. Like, my nieces have that um, Funko Pop talk uh, baby Groot bobblehead oh, right. toy. Uh-huh. Yeah, the fact that that is a thing, standing next to like a My Little Pony <laughs> statue in on a, on a little girl's headpiece, headdress. Like, that is 
amazing, right? Uh, you you know, uh, Groot is actually probably I I feel was the weakest of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it I to, to to me I found him a little too cute. You know, like Chewbacca. Okay, the, the, that's just it. Okay. So I didn't dislike the character. I I just you know I liked how. Uh, see, I I would have expected that from Rocket, and and Rocket was not anything but. So if if Groot could have been like Rocket, you know, I would have liked it better. Right. I, I felt like Groot was cute for for cute sake for the kids. That that's that's what I felt. Well, but see, that's the interesting thing though is in the in the comics, he's he's basically that. Is he? Okay. And not see, I, I you know what I think it is. Um. I think the Guardians of the Galaxy, the way they had to present it as a summer blockbuster hit, was to also appeal to the masses. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a in a really insanely weird way, it worked because in the comics, you know, these are basically the way these characters act. Um, Rocket Raccoon is a complete jerk, mm-hmm. and he's always he's like he's like a uh, a chibi Wolverine okay. with a whole. He always has a chip on his shoulder. He's he's uh, trigger happy. He's always yelling and screaming. And has a has a sour attitude. That's 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 Rocket Raccoon, and Bradley Cooper did a great job of doing that. And the kids still find him adorable, which I find interesting. But let's be fair, um, yeah. Peter, Deadpool and Wolverine are kids' toys now. Yeah. And if you know their history in comic books, these are like the number one killers in the Marvel universe. Right. My 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 son's a big fan of Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool is Deadpool comics. I don't. No offense. I don't think I would want any child reading a Deadpool comic. <laughs> oh, yet. my son's fifteen. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Fine. Maybe, maybe, maybe like past thirteen, I would let them read it. Yeah. Just because a lot of suggestive language. There's right. a lot of. But I mean, and it's a lot of cartoon. Yeah, he can be cartoony with the violence, but it's still blood splatter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but it's it's really interesting though. Because I I see seven year olds playing with Deadpool toys, and it's like it's okay. crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's, Just... that's cute because it's cute, but if you really knew the character, it's scary. Yeah. Just don't yeah. let them watch the movies. <laughs> the Deadpool movie I'm sh- is supposed to be R-rated now. Right. So. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, is there anything else we can say uh, with, with Ant Man before we get into spoilers? I, I guess I didn't really put that oh, up. Is okay. that we'll well, we'll kind of we'll separate the two just in case you know the uh, listener hasn't seen the movie yet. We'll talk. You know, because right now, yeah, it, it it hasn't been spoiler filled or anything like that. We're just talking in general sense. I think we can jump into the spoilers because a lot of the finer points I want to discuss are pretty spoilery. Okay, no problem. So at this point, I will play the theme song to Ant Man, and this will give you guys a chance to pause the episode, go check out the movie, and then resume on your way home or you know whenever you guys want. So uh, again, last chance to go ahead and pause this episode. Okay, and if you have stuck around, uh, hopefully you've already seen the movie because Anton and I will get into uh, some of the details of the movie. And hopefully you guys also stayed for the not one but two end credits, um, the stingers. 
Uh, now, Anton, did did I'm assuming people left because you posted something on Facebook about people still leaving during Marvel credits. Oh yes. Okay, so I posted this meme. It's the um, it's Regina George, Karen, and Gretchen on Mean Girls mm-hmm. side eyeing people on the table while at, while they're seated at their table, <laughs> and that was me and my three friends watching everyone leave when the credits started rolling. And I'm saying, like, guys, seriously, Marvel movies have been a runaway hit for almost a decade now, and you're still doing this? How, um, okay, so I watched this on Thursday night, um, and it was probably the, oh, I also watched this in regular 2D. So I watched this, I think, the third showing in regular 2D, and must have been about... I want to say about 60 people on uh, in there opening night. And this is 10 o'clock, too. So, you know, um, that's basically what I'm getting at. That's not really saying anything. It's it's Thursday. It's 10 o'clock, right? And it's the night before it actually opens up. You saw it on a Saturday, right? Yes, I saw it on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, it was actually – it was very packed when I saw it on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And um, – People were still walking up. Uh, I noticed a lot of the people that were walking up t- tended to be parents with their ch- kids, and I guess the kids just wanted to go, maybe. Yeah. And maybe the parents were, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. Maybe some of them were just, they just wanted to watch a summer movie to get out of the house and take care of the kids. There were some people that did stay, and I know they were the people that were cheering and screaming along with me. Yeah. When, <laughs> when, we had when some the, of those. Yeah, because the, cause the, uh, the two end credit scenes were, oh, my gosh, they I mean, I'm not going to say one one is better than the other, in my opinion, but they both have their staggering implications. Yeah, the um, the first stinger, uh, um, I guess, it, it, yeah, it doesn't even matter because we're already in the uh, spoilers, so we can, you know, say what it is. But the reveal of the wasp, we had one guy in the back. He's like, yes, yes, a t- 10 million times. Yes. And we just look behind to start all uh, chuckling. Um, oh I I think I think everybody stayed uh, for that that first mid credit scene, but then I think about ten left, and I'm thinking, come on, like you wait you, till the very yeah. end. Yeah, so I, it's weird. It's weird. People are still leaving, but um, now do you have insights on that first mid credit scene where we see oh, okay. the reveal of the wasp um, suit? Okay, the the wasp suit, suit that they showed us is actually one of the more modern uh, outfits for the wasp. Um, much like her husband, Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne, the original wasp, um, and I think still current wasp, uh, has had many facelifts, not with her name, but with her costume. Mm-hmm. She has had some of the most ridiculous fashion. I mean, if you really want to see how dated comic books how dated a comic book can be you just look at the fashion of the wasp because it shows like her outfits in the 90s were very like revealing 90s her 80s outfits were very like i think she had leg warmers at some point in time in the 80s like she people that design her outfits depending on what decade it is for the comic they are very much in the spirit of that decade hmm. so if you just google her out her costumes if you're feeling if you want to have a good laugh because it is ridiculous like the through, late, the years, through the through the decades, the wasps' costumes have always changed, and it's always been ridiculous. Um, in fact, in the flashback with the original wasp, that you know it looked like a helmet visor type thing on her head. That's uh-huh. them trying to give a sleek update to her original costume because her original costume really looks like that. 
It was the same color scheme as the, the Ant Man's. Yeah. Right? yeah, the red and the black type thing. Mm-hmm. The only difference being that she has the pixie twin Tinkerbell wings. Okay, that's I... always been a trademark of her outfits are the pixie Tinkerbell wings. In fact, I don't know if you're um if you watched or your son watched this, but the Avengers um Avengers TV show of uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes on Disney XD, they had the wasp on the roster, and she was wearing a mod- more modern one where she looks like a she kind of looks like a bee waitress, okay. like has that fifties diner waitress thing going for it but it's a it, it has it looks more like a beetle and less like a wasp okay. so she's had a lot of costume changes of janet van dyne and what's interesting is i think it's cool that in the movie they made um hope van dyne the the dog i mean they're making her the wasp which i guess kind of makes sense since her the janet died in the in the in the flashback basically right yeah so mm. I, I i like it i like the costume and i also like the fact that um if I'm not mistaken, Hope Van Dyne, she's not a current character in the Marvel Universe. Um, but in a lot of like um, uh, future references, um, her name is like Hope, Hope Pym. And she's basically the future child of Janet and Hank. Oh, okay. And basically she is like, she's part of the future Avengers type thing. And she's very much, I think her... Um, she is a she's become a bad guy, she's become a good guy. I think her name in the her superhero name or supervillain name is like the Red Queen. Um and whatnot. So she's she's actually not in the current Marvel universe, but she's shown up. Like she's a, already like they basically again, Marvel as an Easter egg, taking a, some obscure character and breathing life into them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh let's talk a little bit about some of the characters in the casting. Mm-hmm. Um Let's start with Michael Douglas. Uh, are you a fan of that casting? Ah, uh, you know, I wasn't at first, but then I remember that Hank Pym is pretty much a grumpy man. Mm-hmm. So it worked. I di- I guess I didn't expect Michael Douglas to play grumpy since I'm so used to him playing. I mean, you know, in Wall Street and all that stuff. He was always like a romantic lead, an antihero, a Byron. I, I, a Byronic uh, tortured hero. Like, I guess I, I'm so used to watching his older movies, you know? Right, right. And him playing this mentor role, I think, is a little new to me. So I, it worked. I Yeah, I was fine with it. I didn't have any problems at all whatsoever. And I want to kind of compare it to um, uh, Martin Sheen, you, you know, when he played Uncle Ben. Like, th- there was something about it that just that rubbed me the wrong way with his casting. Um, but I think, you know, Michael Douglas was fine here. Uh, how about Evangeline Lilly as, as Hope? Um, I actually like Evangeline Lilly. I guess she has a special place in my heart um, from Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she, she's definitely shown her acting chops as an action star in the Hobbit movies, which sadly I didn't care for that much. <laughs> okay. But she was good in my opinion, as Hope. I liked her. I like how she, you know, was spitfire. And her backstory worked um, with the whole, like, her father, you know, estranged father, father not being honest with her about the circumstance of her mother's death. So she can act. Um, I will say, though, that I have had some of my gay friends make catty comments about her, her, hair, her hairstyle and her outfit being a little too, like, did you piss off the gay in wardrobe and makeup? <laughs> That's funny because I don't like her hair either. Okay, well, that's one person said that someone must have, she must have pissed off the gaze in, in hair and makeup. But um, what's interesting is in the more modern iterations of Janet Van Dyne, that's how her hair looks. 
Interesting. So you can kind of blame it on the comics, in my opinion. You know, it it actually kind of reminds me of like Kate Blanchett from um, Indiana uh, Jones. Yeah. That's, yeah, someone yeah. mentioned that because they were thinking that she was gonna when she steps into the boardroom. They thought that she was one of my friends was like, "Oh no, does she have a Nazi accent?" <laughs> yeah, that's what she reminds me of. So that's funny that that they went there too. Um, let me see here. Uh, Paul Rudd. I don't. I don't think. I think we already kind of gushed about him enough uh, in the non-spoiler section. I I, yeah. I I like him. Um, oh, he's great. There, there's one scene I really liked his acting. It, it was when uh, uh, Louise. Uh, first brings up this this new this new um, you know opportunity yeah this new job and uh, the way he turns it down you know I was just like wow this this is kind of kind of a different side of Paul Rudd I had not seen um, but later on he gets a little bit more Paul Ruddish esque you know however you want to say it but yeah I I do like the casting so I don't think he was miscast at all now the 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 villain um, I forgot his name again Corey. Corey Stoll. Corey uh, Stoll. Yeah. See, I'm not too familiar with his other roles. Um, so when I first saw him, I, di- I actually didn't recognize him from anything. Well, he was in a House of Cards in right. season one. And spoilers, but this is the spoiler section, so what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, he plays uh, this drunk, ad- like this drug-addled drunk congressman, sex fiend, mm-hmm. loser, who... He- in a sense, he's a good father, much like Paul Rudd's character is in this movie. But um, uh, Frank Underwood, the character of uh, Kevin Spacey, kind of uses, manipulates him because uh-huh. he's a bit of an idiot to basically do his dirty work. And then he ends up basically committing suicide or something like that. Like So so he, it's interesting seeing um, him play the villain here. But I have definitely seen him play crazy because he definitely got crazy with the drugs and the drinking. So the, a lot of that self-loathing. Yeah. Like that he he is um going insane about you know not, not being recognized and acknowledged by uh by Hank Pang him mm-hmm. that had shades of I've seen him play that that role before sort of yeah I kind of do like that that scene that they share later on where he's like you know what what, what did you see in me you know and I, I I have the quote down somewhere but um that was a pretty good scene but as far as and being the villain, I don't know. I, I maybe it's the writing because I don't think it's his fault at all. But I think he could have been more menacing. I mean, maybe we're just starting to see um, him kind of get into the dark side a little bit. You know, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Obviously, at the end of this movie. Yeah. But I like the fact that he wasn't too mustache twirly of a villain. I just like okay. I, I like that he was emotionally unhinged because mm-hmm. sometimes i feel that i mean that really tense scene in the library when he invades the house and the plans are up remember? oh right mm-hmm. that was super tense and i really thought i think there were twice in the movie that i thought that michael douglas was gonna bite the dust yeah i thought so too um... really and i i feel that when you when with crazy people as a as a as the bad guys I feel that they're a little scarier because you can't predict what they're going to do. And I like that versus the, the the brilliant mastermind villain, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, for someone to sneak into the house and you had the plans out and, you know, I, I actually thought something was going to happen to Hope, you know, like because, um, you know, we I just thought for him to not be aware of what was going on, I thought it was a little too weird. And then when we find out that he really did know, 
I, I kind of got it, but I was just like, this guy doesn't seem very clever. Um, but... I think it's, um, it's Cersei Lannister, Ramsey Bolton syndrome is what mm-hmm. some of my friends call it, okay. is that, you know, these people can be intelligent, but they're also very emotional, and that gets in the way. Yeah, and I think it, um, didn't they kind of chalk it up to, like, some of his experiments, too, that that made him yeah. a little bit, yeah, unstable? Which is tr- actually very true to the the, the truth of the spirit of the comics the pym particles which is basically what hank pym discovered that allows him to um go grow big and grow small and right. all that stuff it does mess with your brain chemistry which i mean you know even without understanding the science behind it you can understand like getting big getting small that's you constantly shifting your 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 body it will you don't come back the same you know it's kind of like um i, I enjoyed like did you watch the watchmen mm-hmm Remember when um, uh, Dr. Manhattan teleports the Silk Spectre around and she always has to run and puke into a bathroom because of like, how bodies are just yeah, so not well, I, I, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, she Yeah, so she always basically has to puke when she comes back from teleporting, which, which would make sense if you think about it because your your body is deconstructing itself and reconstructing itself back together. You're, you're not going to be all there. Right. So I, I did like the fact that it was taking a toll on its brain. And even Hank Pym admits that that's why he couldn't continue to be Ant-Man. It started to have a t- take its toll on his body and his mind. Right. Okay. Which also, um, I, I guess it's time for me to bring this up. Like, I'm kind of glad that it was Scott Lang is the Ant-Man that we got introduced to and not Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. That will eventually become an Avenger. Because Hank Pym, not only is he a very, like, uh, fourth-tier Marvel superhero... He is also very contentious in his character history because his origin story is basically mad scientist experiments on girlfriend and they both get superpowers and then they get married and then he becomes a wife beater. Like a lot of comic book fans will remember Hank Pym as being a wife beater and that's become a long standing aspect of his character history that even comic book writers more modern comic book writers when they do write in ant-man uh hank pym ant-man they will even bring that up like they'll be like it'll be like captain america and iron man sitting in a boardroom figuring out who they should put on on a certain team of avengers and if if hank pym comes up someone will object to it because he's a wife beater Mm. and that's a little you know that's a thing yeah that's interesting to to make that a trait of a superhero well it's I mean, to be fair, in a sense, it's 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 a little it's a little sinister, but also like I think that's what set apart Marvel Comics from DC at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have ever um, known this, but uh, when Fantastic Four was created by by uh, by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, they wanted it to be set apart from the Justice League because they wanted superheroes with. I think they, the the tagline for Fantastic Four when they were marketing it was superheroes with hangups. So you had like a dysfunctional group, you know, you had the thing does not like being the thing. Mm. And that's it, 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 it. I know this sounds for us. It's normal because we if we're, we're familiar with Fantastic Four because it's like we're, we're the future generations. Right. So for us, it's completely normal for us to acknowledge that a very important character um, aspect of the thing is he hates being the thing the same way the Hulk hates being the Hulk. But back then in comics, like in the 60s, superheroes love to be superheroes. They like what they did. So. I guess it kind of like shook things up that Stanley created people that were like reluctant to be who they are, not happy that they had these powers, you know, flawed. And I guess, I guess bringing domestic violence into the picture was certainly also new. Did you have any more to add to that or do you want to get into, uh, there's only a few more characters that we haven't touched on yet. 
Oh yeah, we can go on to the others. I, okay. I think that's my piece about Hank for now. Okay. Um, let's see. I I don't have much to say about his ex-wife or um, yeah, much about the 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 new the new husband the new either. But I do love the daughter. She is charming. Kathy is great. Yeah. And the actress that plays her. I mean, I see the thing is with kid actors, in my opinion, is you either get the kids from Game of Thrones <laughs> or you get a really, I mean, an okay kid actress that will just say a couple of lines and they have to, like, you know, push her off. But Cassie, the actress they've got found to play Cassie Lang was great. And um, also, may I add, Cassie in the comic book is a young Avenger. So she becomes, she follows in daddy's footsteps, not in the stealing shit part. But and she makes her daddy proud, right. is what I will say. And that's really great to know. Um, even to, with character foibles, like her liking kind of gross things, as evidenced by that puppet. I mean, that uh, is that a cat? or, a, uh, or a, I want to say it was a dog or a bear. It might have been like, a dog. Vomiting or something? Uh, I think it just looked um, mentally, you know. Ill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It looked, yeah, it looked ill. Yeah. And definitely speaks to um, some of her aesthetics in the comics. Like, Cassie is the girl that goes shopping at Hot Topic. Okay. <laughs> she's, not, she's not the broody girl, but she's definitely, like, that girl. Okay. So, and I, I kind of like that about her. So, it's it's really interesting. And I kept on watching the kid actress play Cassie. And, I, I mean, I'm sure this is just me being the comic book fan, um, since I, I am a huge fan of the Young Avengers. And me just kind of thinking, like, man, one day you're going to grow up to team up with the Scarlet Witch's son and save the world several times. Yeah, that the actress who plays Cassie, Abby Ryder Fortson. Definitely don't know her from anything else, but maybe it's someone to keep an eye on. You're going to be like Dakota Fanning in the future. You just watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, where she disappeared to. I, I know her sister kind of took the spotlight a little bit with um, Super 8. Yeah, I don't remember. I haven't really heard from Dakota Fanning in a while. I'm wondering, I mean, she has gotten older because I remember seeing her in the previews for the final Twilight movies and not recognizing her at all. I think that's the last time I saw her. Either, what, was the, what came out last? The, 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 the last Twilight movie or Runaways? Runaway? Um, Runaway. Oh, no, Runaways came after, so okay. she's fine. Yeah. So she's fine then, yeah. She's fine with Ellen Page, and who else was in that film? Uh, Kristen Stewart was also in yes. that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. And it's so... Uh, I guess I forget because it came a little shortly after Twilight, and she was still, you know, Bella for the longest time. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, she she hasn't changed much. Um, yeah. Now, what did you think about the um, Scott's uh, crew? Yeah, Luis. Yeah, played by Michael Pena, uh, David Desmalchian, who plays Kurt, the the Russian one, I imagine, and Ti as Dave. Oh my gosh, uh, my friend, one of my my friends that I was watching it with, Chase. He um loves like he loves he listens to hip hop on occasion, uh-huh. um and he loves Ti. So when he saw that Ti was part of the crew, <laughs> he was fist pumping, and it was hilarious. Even I was just like, is that is that Ti? Yeah, I had yeah. I had no idea he was in this movie. Um, yeah. T.I. T. was fine. Now, Michael Pena, love the actor, Luis, the character, hilarious. But I just felt that his character was meant for another movie. Like, he was a little too cartoony. Do you think so? I think so. Like, I, I, like, okay, again, I love his character. I thought he was hilarious, but it just, it just didn't feel like... 
like it was in the right universe like like the way he spoke you know like i'm supposed to believe this guy was in jail with with scott and i don't know he he, they would have him up like um uh, okay there's a couple scenes where i just felt like this doesn't seem like a real person like when we first meet him and then he picks up scott and uh scott's like you know how have you been doing or whatever and uh he mentions let me see here that is uh his girl left him his mom died his dad was deported but he was happy that he got the van all this he is saying with a smile yeah it's true i you know i will say this much i think um one of my friends whispered to me when he basically gave him the update on how his life was doing Mm -hmm. that uh he goes um there is such a thing as too much optimism yeah (laughs) that's probably what it is i see the thing is i I the thing with me is I've noticed in the Marvel universe, and they, even this carries in the Daredevil uh, series too, if you've noticed, and Mar- uh, Agents of Shield. In the Marvel universe, for some reason, it's a parallel Earth where yes, superheroes exist, and for some reason, everyone has a witty comeback. Mm-hmm. You know, right? So I I think I'm I, okay with Louise existing because I have also acknowledged the fact that everyone in this entire world seems to be really good at making witty comebacks. Yeah. He just smiled a little too often. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just it was, it was a little off-putting. A little, a little too happy. Um, but uh, again, I, I loved his scenes. Um, I, I liked when when they first were asked to come join the the team to help out, and he made a comment to Hope of like, "Oh, you know, your girlfriend's hot." <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? It's not even my girlfriend. Um, but yeah, they 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 were fine. Uh, Ti, I I liked them. Um, the other guy, the, the third guy, not so much. I mean, he, he made a pretty fu- funny comment, uh, or funny Titanic reference, but, um, yeah, I guess they were fine. Maybe there, you know, didn't need to be three of them. Uh, That's cause it, true. yeah, it, it just, it kind of took away a little bit. Like maybe they should have just kept it one guy. Um, but uh, how did you feel about the pacing? Um, were you a fan of the, the training montage? The training montage for me felt a little generic, mm-hmm. um, and I guess that was okay. Um, on the subject of uh, of pacing, I did like one thing about Louise. I liked though was the way he would get caught up in his own stories. Yes, because I, I I'm sure you have a friend because I have one too who gets a little long winded when he tells a story. Yes, and that was kind of great that they were <laughs> they were having the different um people talking, and then it would be his voice talking in those other people's voices. Right, and and you know you hear his voice, but if you just look at their face, they're speaking with like his inflections too. It's it yeah. is hilarious. I loved it. It is, it is hilarious, and let, and I I think everyone can agree they have at least one friend, just one that talks that way and tells a story that way, and everyone's gathered around just being like, "Get to the point, man." I think I'm that friend. Oh, no. <laughs> like like so, sometimes I can't shut up, you know, like get to the point i mean i don't know because that's how i get off into tangents too i start talking about something and then it'll remind me of something else and then i'll kind of be like wait what was i talking about (laughs) so yeah i I think i could totally relate um yeah the the training montage was like it you know it it was it was fine like you said generic i think that's a great word for for it Uh i could have kind of done without i i get that in the movie they they did pretty well with um adapting the original story right where you know, Hank Pym finds Scott. Scott is a burglar uh, for stealing the suit. So, so all of that is part of the comics. That's canon. Yeah. Like I, I think I would have liked it better 
had Scott had some kind of X factor that made him the it man because Hope kept on, um, you know, saying, hey, look, we don't have enough time. Let let me do this. You know, I know Cross. I know the building, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But then they're spending all this time teaching him how to fight, you know, all this. Like, that maybe should have been something that he already knew. I mean, he he had parkour experience a little bit, I guess, you know. And yeah, his, his brief history as in uh, basically hacking that one company. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you know he has a he has a knack for for getting into um, really uh, tough spots, and and you know the 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 whole scene was breaking into the safe. I I enjoyed that because it was kind of a heist, you know, a film kind of thing, and uh, so I definitely got that feel. But I just wish that there would have been a little bit more of an it factor for Scott Lang, you know, being the predecessor is is that the right mm-hmm. word successor success okay yeah and so oh that that what i said was the guy before hank pym right is yeah okay right. okay. Hank pym is, yeah. okay the successor so yeah it, it's just because what was it uh, about scott that that, that 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 hank chose him to family man the, really loves his daughter that's it doing, though I, yeah you're right you know what it is i also think it was I think Hank respected the fact that this guy basically stuck it to the man. Okay. <laughs> like getting going for j- to jail for corporate espionage. And that's what he did himself. That's what he did himself. And and to be fair, I think that's something Hank would have like kind of been like, oh, mad respect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I... uh, Hank, um, the one thing they have maintained with Hank at least in the comics and in the in the movie is yes, he is a genius scientist, but unlike Tony Stark, he's not a jerk when it comes to the money. Yeah, like I, Tony, like we love Tony because we know he's one of the good guys. But I think um, uh, one of uh, one of the guys I podcast with ha- has said that Tony Stark, without his superhero um, factor, is basically Donald Trump, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, no, especially with what's come out recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind so I kind of get that, but I, I still don't think that's enough. I mean. I'm I'm a huge family guy too. I love all my kids. You know, give me the suit. <laughs> you know, so and and we you really thought that Hope was going to end up doing it because if anything, she has aside from her father, she has a lot at, at stake also. Yeah, because her father's legacy, and she also in a sense feels that she kind of enabled Darren because they both like they came together because of their mutual dis mutual dislike for the for uh hank mm-hmm. and, and she didn't i guess the thing with her she didn't realize that oh no i sided with the attack dog you know what i did like was um the realization as to why it must be scott you know he he they have that uh uh was it in the car where where they have the the talk and he's like hey i'm expendable you know yeah yeah that is, he'd say, i'm expendable and then hope basically kind of you see a little crack in her exterior and she does finally you know shoot her him properly on how to control the ants with a with a with a little sensor yeah you know let's talk about the ants a little bit um this was another expectation for me i've seen many posters and stills and all these things just emphasizing how little ant-man is you know they they show him like a, a tiny little ant on uh, sitting on Iron Man's shoulder, you, you know, on Cap, on Captain America's shield, all these little things, right? So, it it just made me feel like, oh, you know, we're gonna get something like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where yeah. we're gonna see a lot of miniatures. We do, but I felt like 
like we got more CGI with like ants and 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 insects and things like that. Like I wanted to see more miniatures. They 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 got they showed us the little scaled down hill valley, you know, from Back to the Future. Yeah. yeah so, so we got to see that. That was kind of cool, but that was really short. We got um, the fight, the final fight on the uh, the yeah. Thomas Thomas the train. I enjoyed that, but I think that could have been done a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I liked how they knocked off Thomas off the the train tracks. That that was that was fun. But but it, you know, I wish it could have been more miniatures and and things like that. So that's that's another thing I was kind of hoping for, and we kind of got, but I, I felt not enough of. Right. And I get he's Ant Man, and they show you know him controlling the ants and and, and all that good stuff. But um, you know when it's a movie about like this man enlarging himself and and shrinking himself, I I would have wished that they could have played with the, the props a little bit more too. I completely agree, and I will say this much: I I hope that when they when they make him part of the Avengers, we'll see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you saw how they were able to successfully do it with Avengers too, with you know. Everyone thought that, oh, man, that's too many superheroes on one movie again. Right. But I think they did a good job with giving people their proper airtime. I will yeah. say they, they they did Scarlet Witch a very good justice with her powers. Mm-hmm. And she did not take up much of the movie. But when she was having I, – I feel that her her scenes were quite exciting with her powers. Yeah, some would say she was a kind of kind of a scene stealer at, at times. She, oh my, yeah. she is, mm-hmm. and and um, I don't know if if someone's told you this, but that's just the beginning of the threshold of her power levels. Mm-mm. So in the comics, she she goes, she's like Phoenix level when it comes to her powers okay. in terms of like altering reality. So if they can, if they like decide to go with that direction eventually with her in the movies, it's gonna be crazy. She's gonna be the Marvel Jean Grey basically if Fox refuses to give up the X Men. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I was gonna say, I was like, well, that, that is Marvel. <laughs> Marvel Studios, Marvel Studios' take on Jean Grey. Got it. If refuses to give up the X Men, then I think basically Marvel Studios says, "Fine, we got Scarlet Witch, and she's basically the Avengers Phoenix." Yeah, yeah, so, but, yeah. You know, we we get we get it at the end that uh, Ant Man will return. So I that that's my expectations of the the second movie at least to yeah to show us more the other stuff other than just ants. Like, okay, we get yeah. it. You're using the ants for for this heist uh, that that you guys are pulling off, so that's cool. But um, now, what'd you think of the opening scene where we got uh, um, Howard Stark? Howard, yeah, Star- Howard Stark. Okay, Star- okay, played- that almost didn't sound right. Uh, by John Slattery, big fan from uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Oh, and it's it's great because did you watch the final season of Mad Men? No, I am two, two or three seasons behind. Okay, well, yeah. let's just say that the Howard Stark mustache that he had on in this scene mm-hmm. was what uh, his character looked like towards the end because it's the seventies. Okay, and, basically in the 70s. <laughs> and you know, in the seventies, that, that's when the porn stash was coming up. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. So this was hilarious because it was basically it was basically uh, Roger Sterling. So yeah, he, he must have stepped over to the the next studios just to film these little scenes. <laughs> exactly. I was laughing, and I think one of my friends next to me who also watches Mad Men was laughing because it was basically that the the look that they gave Howard, which which works because you know time has passed. Yes. Because we even got, uh, I'm sure you're going to mention it, Haley Atwell. Yep. They aged her Peggy up. Carter. Oh God, she she looked really you know, like uh, the age makeup. I yeah. I don't know what it was, but they they made her look really Did good as far as aging. Hmm? Did they give her a cane? I, I hope I'm not miswatching. I don't. I'm misremembering the scene. But did she even walk in with a cane? Uh, I don't remember her walking. To be honest, maybe maybe she stood, but I don't remember a cane. 
but they even aside from the age makeup she definitely had the i mean i don't know if you saw the first season of um uh uh Carter. no i didn't Oh, well, the action there is pretty great. And I know it's been a lot of like a lot of people applauding like, wow, finally, we have a a female led, you know, action since Alias. Right. Mm. You haven't that something like that since Alias with Jennifer Garner. Right. So, I mean, she she, it's 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 post-war era. So she doesn't have as many gadgets as as Iron Man does, but she definitely goes through the pain. Okay. so. I, I, that's definitely what I saw of her aside from the age makeup is I, the way they presented her is like, man, she's had a lot of missions since the first season and she, she's not come back whole. And I think that's great because you know, what are our heroes without putting them through the ringer? Right. Right. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just amazed by what they did. I, it, it was probably CGI too. I, I don't know. Um... It, it, it was, it was probably CGI. Mm-hmm. The one guy who did not get CGI though was, oh, I keep forgetting that actor's name. The one who, uh, who uh, Michael Douglas punched? Oh, that uh, the the Hydra guy. Um, yeah, he ended up being the Hydra guy, which I'm not surprised. Uh, let me see if I can. You want his character name? Is that what we're looking uh, for? I don't know what the character name was, but that actor, I'm sure you've, we've uh, seen him in a many. Things. He he looks very familiar. Like um, let's see, Frank, right? Was it? Yeah, Frank. Okay, I Joe Crest. Think. Joe Crest was also in. Let's see, he was in. 22 Jump Street, uh, Old Boy? What? He was an old boy? Oh, the American version of Old yeah, the, Boy? Yeah, the American okay. version, yeah. Uh, the, the, oh, really not the Korean no, one, no way. Definitely not the Korean one. Uh, Lee Daniels, the butler, uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah, I remember him in G.I. Joe. I do remember him in the butler. Um, he's, basically, he's basically a younger version of that guy that we see everywhere. So he was also in 21 Jump Street, so he had a... David Schmidt. I don't remember that. Was he one of the cops? It must maybe? must have been. Hmm. Um, let's see. Nothing else. That's really. He he's in a lot of stuff, but nothing. The Blind Side. I, I love you, Philip Morris. So a lot of these I know. Miracle at Saint Anna. So I've seen a, like a lot of these movies. I just don't like. He's just got remember. Yeah. Him. Hmm. But that's yeah, what that is. Interesting. But he um. He... I, for, if I recall, he he's one of those character actors that he can play a sleaze bag like in this mm-hmm. film, and he can play you know supporting role. Haley Lovett. Oh, Haley Lovett's who played uh, Janet Van Dyne. I didn't even know that. Okay, so hmm, pretty. I don't know her from anything else. The Longest Ride, Homeland. She was in a. Hmm, maybe she was one of the uh, CIA operatives oh, in a I Homeland. I guess she was in. Ban- I, ne- I haven't seen it yet, but she was in Banshee. Awesome. Oh, which uh, Oh wait. Oh, you know what? She wasn't she wasn't an actor in Banshee. She was a production assistant. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, to be fair though, Janet Van Dyne had the helmet on the she entire did. time, so we never got to You're see right. Her. So n- not even e- even in that the family photo, it, it was like from the backside of her. Like you don't even see her face. Yeah, it was pretty blurry. It was focused more on Michael, Michael Douglas, Douglas and young uh or whoever Evangeline Lilly's stand-in was for the yeah. past um okay do you want to uh, talk about some of the scenes that we had uh, some thoughts of yeah sure um where did you want to start mm, let's see we we already mentioned the the beginning uh um at the uh, shield and mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on the uh paul paul rudd scott lang getting out of jail uh i i i, I did like his goodbye ritual 
<laughs> getting punched. Yeah. Um, the, they, they set that up pretty well because I, I thought for, for whatever reason, Scott Lang, he got himself in trouble, you know, and it, yeah. getting into a fight or something. But yeah, we find out that it's some kind of ritual that they do when somebody is leaving. They take turns hitting each other. Uh, goodbye. I guess. <laughs> And we've, I we we find out that Luis um apparently was the only one that ever knocked him out. <laughs> oh my god! So which is pretty hilarious. I, I would like to see that because I'm sure there was, you know, the, the guy must have slipped and like hit his head on something else, and you know, by default, Luis won. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty interesting. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, when I heard that, I'm just like, okay, maybe you know, you never know. Maybe in in the future, if we have an Ant Man too. It'll be revealed that the Louise is actually the the Joker of the Marvel universe, right? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he has, he has a dark side that he's hiding. Maybe. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the the Baskin Robbins job? The Baskin Robbins job was hilarious with the uh, callback to Baskin Robbins knows everything. Yeah, I I liked how um, it leads into that where Scott's like, yeah, I know I have a degree in. Um, what is it, electrician or something? And he's an electric uh, electrical engineer, I think. There we go. Yeah, and then yeah. it cuts him to working at Baskin Robbins. Uh, yeah. And ultimately, gets fired because uh, Baskin Robbins knows and knows that he uh, is a convicted felon. Yep, and, and I like how his boss fires him, but before <laughs> that, he says mad respect for what you did, yeah. taking it to the end. But sorry, company policy, we got to get rid of you. Right, and I won't tell anybody if you want to take a. Uh, Ice cream cone or something on the way Mango. out. Yeah. <laughs> either either way was hilarious. And and um I did like that it was in San Francisco. I think this is the first time we've had a Marvel movie that's not in New York. Is it in San yeah. Francisco? Yeah, it's in San Francisco. Uh, hmm. Right? Isn't it in San Francisco? I definitely remember seeing the Golden Gate Bridge. To be honest, when they... I didn't even think about where it was taking place. Because he got out of San Quentin, the jail. So See, I, didn't I think even he catch ended... that. Yeah, he ended up. I only remember it as San Quentin because I think it was mentioned in in one of the offhand lines, uh-huh. and then someone whispered in my ear, "Oh, um, Johnny Cash reference." Oh <laughs> yeah, well, I started laughing. Let's see. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the shooting locations real quick. Uh, and yes, I I do recall that um, in the credits, um, it was filmed on San in San Francisco and Georgia. Yeah, I see Georgia, and yep, San Francisco. Um. Yep. Frisco and Georgia. Okay. So there's your two locations, main locations, anyway. All right. Um. Now. Okay. I let me see. The the next one I basically have that I I, I think that I have any kind of mm, thoughts on is his daughter's birthday, where he kind of crashes. You know, he wasn't invited, and um, for good reason. Oh, for good reason. Yeah, because now here's the thing. I at first I didn't know that. Uh, I, I don't remember the um, the stepdad's name. Oh gosh, I forgot. But I do know that the actress who plays his ex-wife is Judy Greer, who plays um, Carol from Archer, and pretty much the best friend on in every chick flick ever. Yeah, Thirteen going on thirty with Jennifer Garner. That she keeps yeah. going back to her, and she was recently in Jurassic World. Uh, Paxton. She was the mom in Jurassic World. Yeah, very briefly. It's just it, very interesting, though, because her, her character, I, I don't know if you watch Archer, but uh, Archer, her character is the bumbling secretary who is a bit of a sex fiend and is also the heiress of a of a very, very rich family. So her character in Archer is the complete antithesis of whoever she plays in all these films. Yeah, 
Interesting. So I just find it hilarious. I'm always, I was head tilting when I saw her be, be Scott's ex-wife, which I just find so perfect. Isn't it so funny, though, when you get voice actors like that? Like, the, the one that comes to mind right now is the lady who voices Patty Mayonnaise, you know, oh, who's in yes. Orange is the New Black. Yes, yeah, and yeah, to see her play, what is it, Yoga Jones or something? Yoga Jones, and it's so weird because, I mean, I, the characters are just so different. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's not, and not just that. Um, also, like I think that's I'm a huge sucker for um adult cartoons. So like, uh, Stephen Colbert has done a lot of voice acting. Okay. In a lot, in, in, even before the Colbert Report was around, so he's always played like a sleaze bag or a jerk. <laughs> and then you have him be Stephen Colbert. Um, in the Colbert Report, basically like being a, a satirist so that of, of of a conservative America. Yeah, yeah. So that's really hilarious. I don't know. I I, I like that. I guess I, I, it's interesting to see how voice actors are when they do their voice acting versus when they do their on screen roles. Yeah, kind of like uh, another one is Hank Azaria. You know, where he he's in yeah. so many movies and then like he voices all these cartoon guys on uh, Simpsons. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but the birthday scene, I, I guess the, the problem I had with, well, I, I don't even, I don't know if it's really a problem, but basically Paxton and, um, Maggie, they, they don't want, um, Scott coming around because he hasn't paid child support, which, you know, that's fair, but like, see, I, I pay child support for, for one of my kids and like, I feel Scott should should know better, especially because Paxton is a cop, and if there is a a judgment, you know, that has already been filed, and there's all these things, you know, where, you know, um, parameters where Scott can't come around for certain reasons, things like that. Well, Paxton can enforce these things and arrest him. So I'm just like, what well, what's going on? Did, did, did the writer? You're being you're playing with fire, basically. Yeah. So I, I so just only because I know a little bit about that, that just kind of made me think like scott what are you doing you know it that guy's a cop <laughs> I, I get you want to see your daughter but just just the way he was handling it like um i don't know right. it just it wasn't very responsible especially just getting out of jail too no i completely i see what you're coming from and even i was just like wait he can get arrested and this doesn't help that the stepdad is a cop yeah and so when i found out he was a cop i go wait what what so yeah the fact that he's getting off with a slap on his wrist yeah so that that, know. that was really it and i'm I'm sure they were just trying to show us you know he he'll do anything for his daughter you know and, uh, but but i i I don't want to think he'd do anything even going back to jail for his daughter like th- dude you just got out <laughs> you, yeah you know that's what I mean? the last thing you need right now exactly um let me see so we we already discussed um Luis uh, talking about his story and and how that was shot, uh, yeah. super hilarious. Um, the robbery scene. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I... I well, um, you did mention the Titanic reference, and that's where that that came up came up yep. with uh, having to basically uh, freeze the metal so that they could break through the safe. Um, the part that I found really cool about the robbery scene was that uh, also suspension of disbelief. Yeah. But, uh, he had an inflatable uh, bed <laughs> yeah. ready for this. Man, you are a thief if you have that sitting there ready to go. I, like, I, I took it as that just happened to be in the basement. Oh, no. I, I thought that that was in his backpack. Oh, really? Like, okay. Not your first rodeo, man. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. They, I was laughing for that. But then it does make sense because you don't want to set off the alarms of the noise or make anyone wake up. Right. 
But he even he himself didn't think that he was gonna have to deal with a uh, a door that That's, thick. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, so the fact that that showed up because you had what is it? He had the the inflatable um, bed or raft, right. whatever it was. And then did he even have a plastic curtain to catch the when the when it starts to freeze, all the screws and the pistons started dislodging and like ricocheting across. Yeah. See, I I want to say that was already there too, and he just hid behind I'm, it. I'm that that was already there in the basement because it's an old guy's basement and yeah. it seems Hank Pym is not the most kept guy he, he's definitely like the he's like Russell Crowe in the beautiful uh, beautiful mind where it's right. like everything <laughs> away. I, so. I just I don't know I I, I don't want to um, knock on his character but I don't feel like he was that prepared you know because they didn't know what kind of safe was going to be down there they just know it was a safe yeah so I, I just felt that you know he was just going to get there and kind of just deal with kind of oh any generic safe you know and and for it to to see it actually be like a vault i, I think that just threw him off and maybe yeah. he just macgyvered everything you know just kind of improvised well, he macgyvered the fingerprints <laughs> oh right oh my god I, talk about suspicion of disbelief i think that was a little <laughs> far-fetched that was very, very far-fetched. That was just uh, like the Home Alone traps yes. being very convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- w- what was it that he was even cooking to to, to make this this like the silicone uh, thumb? It... Yeah, the the it was on the doorknob, right? Right. Because he, he he basically lifted it off with was it just tape? Yeah. <laughs> it was just tape, right? Yeah, it was I, just tape. It was just like regular like wrapping tape that you use when you're moving. Yeah. Feel your boxes. That's what it looked like. It was pretty ridiculous. And then I remember someone laughed behind me that he, oh my god, he's making mess. Oh, you know what? It kind of reminded me of the scene where they're uh, baking literally an actual cake in "Don't Be a Menace" to South Central. Yeah. So it was kind of like that. You know, you turn on the the stove, and you know, so that's kind of what that took me to. But yeah, I, I guess an episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. So I mean. There was that, but I guess it, it was one of those things where you just needed, they just needed to let it, things happen a yeah. certain way to get into the safe and feel the suit. So the suit was great. I did like that. It's like, there's nothing here but the suit. So he steals it anyways. And uh, can I just say that I, another example of Marvel really killing it, the suit pretty much looks like how the original Ant-Man suit looked like because it was ridiculous. <laughs> That weird helmet that's not really a biker helmet because it has the weird, like, I don't know, it's like a scuba thing without the glass. Yeah. It looks weird. It definitely looks really weird, the original Ant-Man outfit. And the fact that one thing I think that Marvel is doing right is they just realize that, you know what, we're making superheroes and they are ridiculous. And if we can just embrace this, I think the audience will do it and it'll be okay. You know, speaking of the suit, okay, so later on when he puts it on in the bathroom... So he tries it on in the bathroom, but the scene I want to talk about is when he gets arrested and goes back to jail. And yeah. then the ants bring him the suit. Yeah. And they say that he has 10 seconds to put it on, which was kind of a, a neat thing where the ants formed numbers to count down. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how they knew he had 10 seconds left, but we'll go with it. But, well, no, it was, uh, it was Hank controlling the ants. Yeah, but how, how did they... Okay, so Hank just knew that it was going to be about 10 seconds. Uh, I think because remember there are uh, there are uh, cameras inside the suit, so he can see what Scott sees. Okay, okay. So it ten seconds is is pretty fast. I I, I don't believe that he can put that suit on in ten seconds. Because another another thing is, uh, I was in the army for almost ten years, and uh-huh. we used to uh, periodically we'd have to um, uh, 
you know, kind of check our gas masks, you know, make sure they stay at work, uh, maintenance them time to time. And I forget what the time limit was, but we also used to get tested on how quick we can put on our gas mask and clear it, you know. Um, and, gosh, I don't know why, but I want to say it was eight seconds. And that goes by so fast. And these 10 seconds that he gets to put on, like, I don't feel that was enough time for him to, to put all that on. But it's one of those you got to suspend your disbelief. But just the only reason it really stood out to me was just because of my experience with the gas mask. You know, right, right. I'm just like ten seconds. I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you can agree that something as, uh, something as complicated a suit that can shrink your entire body, it's not something that you, you don't want anything dislodged when you have that thing on. You know. Oh right, yes, but I mean, it, it's gonna shrink. I see, and I thought about this too, it, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. Anytime he, you know, is shrinking down in size, and you know, um goes back to normal like your insides and, and your your head and your mind and all of those th- those are getting tampered with too these little particles and yeah putting that putting on the suit incorrectly could you know could be very catastrophic yeah yeah you, you could end up like the little piece of brain matter you know that that cross uses to to shoot frank oh, with gosh, or that was terrible whatever that was i don't know that was it looked like brain matter it yeah group no it was, it was it was gross. Um, what what did you think about that? Uh, him him killing Frank. The uh, the I don't know if you could have done it any. Did you did you find it a little silly? Like just that the the whole shrinking gun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, you know, to be fair, the shrinking gun exists in the Marvel universe. Okay. And it has been stolen sometimes and used. In fact, it's sometimes been used to comedic effect. So yeah. the fact that you take something that is really out there and zany and make it sinister i kind of appreciated that but as someone who doesn't but but i think for maybe maybe for someone that doesn't you know know that it's a, it's, it's a little funny yeah in, that would, in the comic book yeah guilty of that that yeah i just it, i think they would look at it and be like wow okay that's weird that's it, really weird it, and to be fair now that i think about it yeah that is very <laughs> it, it um it, it took me a little bit out of it i i get that's what he's going for but we saw him in his lab, you know, working on whatever he's working on. But now he has a portable shrinking gun that, you know, basically it's a prototype because he hasn't perfected the, the shrinkage yet. And yeah. um, it, it just it made me feel like it's something that should have been, you know, should have gone into one of those uh, 90s Batman movies. Yes. Yeah. So, but no. Well, also, the, the interesting thing with the um, with the shrinking gun is um, I I kind of thought that maybe what's wrong with it is it doesn't shrink you into brain matter but it pretty much just makes you disintegrate so you right. you're it splatters all over the place like did you ever watch true blood uh, no oh okay well um not really a spoiler but when the vampires die in that in that in that universe they explode into like bags of blood Whoa. so it's messy bags, it's huh? messy it's like someone took like ground pork and just like threw it all over your kitchen kitchen walls Mm. Did it look it, like a, like a certain scene towards the end of the uh, Breaking Bad series? <laughs> uh, it looked like it kind of looked like. Did you ever watch Akira? No. Oh, okay. Well, it, the then anime? it looked like a Breaking Bad scene. You talking about the anime or? Yeah, the anime Akira. No, I no, I have not. But okay. okay well, uh, then the, yes, it did look like that Breaking yeah. Bad scene then. Okay. It was pretty messy. So I was thinking. I thought that that's how well it was going to happen because I mean. The whole premise even says that it's because it's unstable. Right. So, 
So that's why they're not shrinking properly. So I thought that, you know, because it's unstable, you're not shrinking properly, then the my logical conclusion was then you're exploding, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it I, I yeah, it's just the, the the end result of being shot with that gun, right? It just it, it wasn't what I expected for. It, like, no, it was not. Yeah, it just um but sure, that's that's fine. Um let's see here. So we kind of talked a little bit about the training montage how it was just kind of generic um what about when he does shrink for the very first time in, in the whole bathtub uh bathtub great. going through, oh you know i kind of liked it when he went down to the next floor down and what was it like a, like a rave going on with the, the djs stuck <laughs> on the, the vinyl yeah yeah uh, that was great oh my gosh and that it was amazing because i wonder is that how is that how old people feel when they hear dubstep I think so. I actually, I mean, we've discussed before, but we're both into dubstep. But I I feel like it is, yeah, it's probably what people think about dubstep that don't like it. Yeah, they're like, what is this noise? And it's giving me a headache and it's so confusing. I'm I'm constantly looking for like um, remixes of like themes or songs that I, I love, like in the dubstep version. Oh, same here. So I mean, but I'm, but you see, we embrace the genre. But I can imagine people that don't like dubstep. That's probably that scene probably spoke to them on a profound level. Yeah, like like one of my favorites is um, uh, pumped up kicks. You know, I love yeah. the dubstep version of that, and the yeah. the video helps. <laughs> well, I mean, the video, the video. I mean, to be fair, even the the original version of the song is just begging to be made into a dubstep remix. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So it's it's pretty great, but I did enjoy the party. I also enjoyed, I did enjoy like how you know his sense of space was warped when he first shrinks because that it's kind of it was like drunk goggles for a while, right? Because he was you know you're shrinking so everything is getting bigger around you and it kind of mm-hmm. was weird. And then the fact that he it's that weird hollow sounding thing. Well, right. Like your voice is inside a glass when you're speaking through a glass and it's it's like or a shell. Like, I kind of like that effect with a sound. So I like that Marvel did that with, with this film. They didn't just play with the visual effect, but they also made you feel like what it probably feels like for Scott right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I kind of like the effect of him shrinking, too, because you get to see, like, the, I don't know what you call it, like the little shadows or the little silhouettes as he's getting smaller, too. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like, like what you would see on a comic book page. Yeah, yeah. They, that was pretty great. And I, I did really enjoy just the warped sense of things. It felt very like, I, I think someone compared it to like, if someone did a proper Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. when she eats the cake. Oh, right. That was pretty great. Let's see. Flashback to the Wasp and their mission to disable a missile. So that is something that uh, Hank kind of kept from hope for a while. And she she knew that too, because I, I guess he told her that, her mom died in a plane accident, which I, I guess was just kind of of a fib. I mean, she kind of did. Kind of did, <laughs> but yeah. also the fact that hey, your mom was also a superhero. Yeah, that that was a pretty emotional scene, though. Um, when when he did reveal, you know, exactly what did happen. Oh, so. they, yeah, actually, uh, the, the the see the dynamic between Evangeline Lilly and Michael Douglas was great. Mm-hmm. I think the both of them together have that chemistry of father and daughter and especially to do estranged father and daughter i think is is even more hard and i i kind of i actually it brought tears to my eyes that scene yeah because it was pretty it was pretty it really got to me and and then scott ruins it (laughs) yeah (laughs) and scott does ruin it and i do like how yes we we are reminded that in the marvel universe everyone 
is is ready with a quip. Yeah, and especially if you got Paul Rudd playing that role, he's gonna, <laughs> he's got to have something. Um, speaking of Paul Rudd, I I read that him and Adam McKay, the only thing that they added, well, I don't want to say the only, but the, the, that's what it sounded like when I read this article. But they added the the Falcon scene, the Falcon cameo. Now, oh. I was one of the lucky ones to to not have seen the international trailer. That I, I guess it it um, adds that scene with Falcon. Oh, okay. Have you seen that one? No, I have not seen the international oh, trailer. Me neither. I'm glad because I did not want to get spoiled about who the Avengers cameo was going to be. Yeah, so I I had no idea. Uh, it wasn't until we see the scene where um, uh, Hank was yeah Hank was saying that we're going to go to the the Stark building or whatever, and then when Scott gets there, it's the Avengers building, right? It, right. It, it, yeah. That was- that was great, and I do like the fact that Hank did not do his homework. Right. <laughs> he did do enough of his homework about the Avengers leveling a city in Eastern Europe. Yes. <laughs> that was a lovely shade thrown about Avengers <laughs> 2. Because I, I like how he divulges the plan to Scott, and Scott's first response is, I think we need to call the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Ironically, that's where he goes, is is to the new Avengers building. Yeah, um, and- even says it's like uh someone's home and this is not what you said it was and then even Hank Pym is like uh oops yeah I'm sorry. that that was that was a great scene and you know if Paul Rudd and Adam McKay added that that was that's hands down my favorite scene of the movie oh that was great okay so on the subject of playing around with the props with mm-hmm. the shrinking and bigger what did you think of the fight between the Falcon and Ant Man oh I loved it I it loved was... it he, he how he went inside uh, Falcon's um costume or whatever yeah. um through the mechanisms and and uh all, all of that i just i loved everything about it I, I loved how it's like oh it's okay i'm small he can't see me and then he's like i can see you <laughs> yeah because i did enjoy that i enjoy the fact that the falcon suit has that sensor yeah so it wasn't a completely one-sided fight no absolutely and and that's just it it shows the strength of ant-man too so i just i loved everything about that fight and um, it, it's just it, it showed us everything that I kind of wanted, like you know the um, showing him shrinking and and not shrinking. What's the opposite of not shrinking? Getting bigger. Getting bigger, I guess. Enlarging. Enlarging. Yeah. Thank you. So enlarging and shrinking. So I, I I appreciated that. I mean, I know we get that later on as well, but I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I like Anthony Mackie and and I like. I like the the Falcon, you know, and the fact that it is a, another Avenger too. Maybe that's why I like it also. But I just thought it was a great scene, and I I, I love the fact that I was not spoiled about a possible cameo. Just when I noticed that it was an Avengers building, I go, "We're gonna see somebody." And then when Falcon came out and their exchange, I just loved it. Yeah, it was really great. In fact, I uh, on the subject of Avengers cameos. I remember as soon as we saw the big A flying in and, you know, the people I was watching it with also saw Avengers 2 with me. Mm-hmm. One of my friends commented, it's a good thing he's not going to bump into the Scarlet Witch because that's going to be terrible and terrifying. Yeah, right. Oh, Can yeah. you imagine if he had to contend with her? She's like, um, I can't see you, but I can control your thoughts. So you're screwed anyways. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty bad. I I don't know who else um, would have been just as funny, you know, Uh yeah, it, it, you know what it is? I think it's great that it's Falcon because up to, up in this point, Falcon is still, he's still not a seasoned Avenger, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because he just joined, he just recently joined at the end of, of, of Avengers 2. 
So it's great that it's still someone who's, you know, not really the B team, but it's it's kind of like when, a, when it, I guess the way I look at it is like if a member of the Teen Titans gets promoted to the Justice League, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Oh, you, you know what? I didn't get, okay, this is something that I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw in a trailer and I didn't see it in the movie, but isn't there somewhere where um, uh, Hank and Scott are talking, you know, about Scott becoming the next Ant-Man? And doesn't he say something like, you know, you know, Ant Man? Can we, can we, you know, we change the name? name? Yeah, yeah, that was in the trailer, but it wasn't in the film, was it? I, I don't think it was because I was waiting for it. Yeah, I, I think it, it, I think the scene, I think it got cut uh, around the evening before they finally do the heist. Hmm. I, I, I'm assuming based on the fact that it's around the. the it's the dining room table, I think, right? Is where they have their little. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I want to say it wasn't it in his like little lab or something, with the yeah. his computers. But it's in, it's in Hank's house for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great line because it's it it is kind of a silly line, you, you know. I mean, um, I, I just I don't know why they cut that. It's it's really short, you know, um, because Ant Man is supposed to be like a tall tale, right? It's nobody's supposed to have known him. So what's the you know why not change the name? Yeah, that's true. But so. I mean, I, I I don't know. It'll probably show up in the um, DVD extras, I'm sure. Oh, and yeah. I, and I will say I will say that it was also great because it just further underscores how ridiculous Ant Man is. Yeah, right. See, and that's why I like that line. And it's it's Marvel just further embracing a little bit more of the ridiculous aspect because I mean, if if they didn't already establish that with Guardians of the Galaxy, that yes, we are willing to make this happen. Talking Raccoon, yeah. Tree, you know. Stuff like that. Benicio del Toro as an intergalactic space collector. Yeah, right. I love the scene where Rocket uh, mimics him. Yeah. Um, now the, the the tank that Hank keeps in his uh, the, the, the keychain. Key right. And okay, so I, basically, it's just a real tank that's shrunken, right? And that he just yes, keeps it, around. It, it yeah. And that was a, that was a honey, I shrunk the kids moment, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, even the ant, you know, who got enlarged, you know, at, and now at the end. Has, or the cop goes, I like how the cop was like, oh, that is an ugly dog. Right. That was a pretty funny scene. Um, it got a chuckle out of everybody in the audience there. Um, I, I like that actor, too. I, I know him from, I, I think he played Jimi Hendrix uh, in, in a movie and also. Really? Yeah. And I think he was in Glory Roads, maybe. He was in one of those basketball. No, 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 no. He was in Remember the Titans, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think he was. Is that right? He was in one of those Disney sports movies. I'm... I feel that I've seen him in like uh, maybe Wilfred or something, something like a comedy show, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I so I like him. He was. Uh, it was pretty funny, especially the line delivery. Yeah, that's one ugly dog. Um, Scott goes subatomic. Actually, no. We I, I missed the uh, the fight on the Thomas and well, we, we kind of talked about that. The train set, the train set, yeah. yeah. And then it got the the train did get large, and that was hilarious. Also, in a bit of a Honey I Shrunk the Kids moment. Yeah. And then um, eventually, so it's him and Darren fighting, and he makes Darren go subatomic. Well, they both go sub go subatomic, right? I I think it was just Scott that did because he he had to get inside. Yeah. Oh yeah, he needed to get inside the suit. Yeah, even further, which which was Darren. titanium, I guess. The, the suit was yeah. titanium. Yeah. And then Darren, um, it was kind of freaky how his body just warped around him when he got when he, his suit malfunctioned. 
You know, like it, it, it was like parts of him were getting smaller before the other parts were. See, and you know? that's what should have happened to Frank. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what should have happened to Frank. Yeah, Instead I, of I, immediately zapping down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, I think, but he's, it was a little. It was kind of terrifying. It reminded me that this technology really should not be in Hydra's hands. No, and. See, and um, maybe that's a little traumatic for Cat. No, I think Cassie was already gone by then, right? Uh, Cassie was already, uh, wait. Ca- yes, Cassie was already out of the house by then when the fight happened, I believe. Okay. Um, but Cassie was back in her room when um, Scott came out of the uh, microverse. Yeah, I th- I think they th- there was a missed opportunity w- with uh, the whole Cassie thing. Like, that that should have been, I think that, that should have been a little bit bigger. You know, the right. the, 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 the kid, uh, it wasn't even a kidnapping. It was, it was just, hey, I'm I'm at uh, your uh, ex, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm here, come and get me, kind of thing. Like there should have been, um, it wasn't earned. You know, I, I guess is maybe a good right. way of saying it. Uh, well, I, I I see what you're coming from, but also like I think it's Darren is unhinged mm-hmm. at this point, right? So yeah. I think with him, it's just like I don't think he's the type of guy who's capable of kidnapping someone and going like, did you? I don't know. Did you really want a stereotypical mustache twirly? I have your daughter in this abandoned warehouse. <sighs> no, you know, I suppose but not. I, I did like how you know it's at least in the house, and it's I, I, for me, it's a little more terrifying if the person is inside your house because it's your space, you know. Yeah. Versus they take you to a. A, a factory or somewhere maybe like an old facility of of, of pim industries or something mm-hmm. i feel that would have been far more generic but the fact that it was something as simple as the house plus you know you 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 had room for scott to play around with the household items like shrink and have the fight in a in a tank i mean in a in a train train set yeah the and this is probably the scene where i i can't think of many eye rolls but i definitely had one where after the fight uh paxton he's like you know, uh, p- points, you know, off screen and it's like there's a hole in the wall or something like that. I was like, come on, man. You just had this like, really big okay. fight. Like, I get it. Um, I, I really. Saved your life. Yeah. <laughs> those, see, the, the terrifying thing about the yellow jacket suit is even when he shrinks, those lasers are lethal. Yeah. That the damage that they d- did on the helicopter, like he was just shooting lasers like everywhere and he was hitting everyone inside the helicopter with him and i think it pretty much killed the pilot which is what led the helicopter to crash yes so that's terrifying so yeah i i mean i i i like darren as a villain i guess i like that he was crazy and so he's unhinged so in my opinion it's a little scarier you can't reason with a mad dog no and... you can reason with a with a with a more intelligent villain like i feel that if I had to choose between the Joker and Doctor Doom, I would rather deal with Doctor Doom because at least with Doctor Doom, it's like, you know, he's an egotist. So I'm just gonna praise him to high heaven and hope he doesn't murder me. <laughs> right. If you're the best. You're amazing. You're just gonna keep on stroking his ego, and maybe he'll let me live. Live. But with the Joker, it's, you can't reason with him. No, that's all bets are off. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, and 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 the the new trailer they just put out, I. Man, I that, he looks crazy. I don't know oh, what's Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, yeah. Jared Leto's Joker. I I don't know what's going on in that scene, but he's like, I'm not gonna kill you. But I'm gonna do, do yeah, I'm gonna really just... bad. Or did you notice that it's a blonde hair sitting standing out of that table? I did not. I was looking more at his his facial expressions, but I'll have to go back and That's check that. That is uh, a flashback of how Harlequin started. Hmm, could be. 
which makes sense because if you remember, um, if, I don't know if you remember this, but she started out as a therapist in Arkham, and then he kind of cured her of her sanity. Oh no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, she Harlequin was uh, the therapist of the Joker, and she wanted to basically become famous one day by treating his illness, and he got to her, oh. and we all know what happened to her, obviously. Yes. Ooh, oh, I'm excited for that one. And I, I'm excited for Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'm excited for that than I am for Batman Superman. Yeah, I, actually, I've been hearing a lot of people say that. Like, uh, I, matter of fact, I think Suicide Squad's getting more views on its trailer now. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, than it, Batman v Superman. I think it's going to be the first time we have a movie, a superhero summer movie like this, where it's like, oh, hey, the people you're going to be rooting for are some of the more like the most terrible, some of the most terrible people in this in the DC universe. I, I think people are looking for something a little bit different, you know. And the, yeah, yeah, that's why they're looking forward to the Suicide Squad because it's yeah, it's not your superheroes, you know. It's, yeah, it's the ones against them. Exactly, and that's always been the lure of the Suicide Squad comics. And it's interesting because the Suicide Squad, com- squad comics have been around since like I want to say the eighties. Hmm. Early early eighties, late seventies, if anything. And they've been around for a long time and it's always been the same concept of we're gonna put these super powered criminals to work for the, the government. The only thing I know about them is what I know from Smallville, you know, the the few appearances. And also the more recent um the animated movie, uh Batman Arkham, uh, Escape from Arkham, I believe. Uh, something with Ar- I don't think it's Escape from Arkham, but uh, yeah, it's the same one we're thinking of, uh, Arkham Knight. Arkham Assault, I think. Uh, Asar- Asylum, no. Arkham, uh, assault on Arkham. <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, something like and, that. It was a they 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 stuck the Batman name to it to sell, but it right. was a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, that threw me off because I watched it and I go, "Where's Batman?" <laughs> Nowhere. But Nowhere. you know what? It's amazing. It was. It's pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. So, and I, I will say, I'm wondering if, um, if the, if the Suicide Squad movie will play up on the fact that Deadshot and Harlequin do have a romance, but then you also have the fact that the Joker is their ex-boyfriend. So there's that. Right. And we, well, we did see that in in, in that uh, animated movie. So maybe they'll kind of, you know, take some things from that. Because I've, I've kind of noticed that that some of those DC movies that uh, they kind of parallel some of the, you know, the the live action movies too. Yeah, they do. The they do. Lines. So that'll be interesting. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I mean, um, it was great, you know, uh, the final fight, by the way, with Darren and um oh, right. and uh, Scott. Sorry, I just wanted to go back to that. No problem. Let's let's do that. Yeah. It, it, I I mean, what did you think of the the shrinking, the entering the microverse for Scott when he finally decided to basically do that thing that Michael Douglas told him not to do? See, I, I I had a hard time. I, I didn't think there were any stakes. Um, I had a hard time believing that he was not going to come back, you know, just right. just because of the wasp. I'm like, well, it's you know, he's he's the next Ant Man. Like, how, you know, it, it's not going to end with him not back. It, he's going to come back somehow. Um, are you asking like maybe as far as the effects and what it looked like, or no, is it just I mean, overall thoughts? No, you you answered my question about okay. the stakes. Did you like the effects though? It, it it was different because because I, I know nothing about the quantum, quantum microverse basically. Okay, yeah. So I have I have no idea what that. So basically, he just he got so small, smaller than basically huge, smaller basically, than even smaller. Like Bill Nye the Science Guy opening theme type stuff. Yeah. So um yeah it 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 was it was it was fine, but it um from what we knew what happened with the wasp. I didn't feel that this scene was earned. Um, right. You know, so, 
But did you think we were going to encounter an infinity infinity gem in that space that he he was entering? Oh, I didn't think that at all. If uh, oh really? yeah, if anything, and I thought this would have been weird if it did happen. But I thought that he might run into Jan- Janet. Is it, is that her name? Uh, yeah, Janet. Who? Yeah, Janet Van Dyne. Uh, yeah. The right. So that would have been interesting. But I guess I mean a lot of time has passed though. So. I, so you you thought that she might he might run into her and she's like become like the sage inside the microverse. Yeah, I I have no idea. I, I was I was waiting for something to happen, but I I didn't even think about like another um, Infinity Stone. Um, oh okay. Yeah. So, uh, my friend kind of suggested that it would have been nice if we met saw another Infinity Stone because right now me and my uh, my buddies we have a checklist of what are the stones that we've seen so right. far. How many are so, left? Um, I think. Three are left. Okay. Cause, uh, so we have the Tesseract is the Time Gem. Mm-hmm. The Power Gem is probably the Aether, the Aether from Thor 2. Right. We have the, uh, I guess the Face Gem is the one in Guardians of the Galaxy. Then we have the Mind Gem, which is from uh, Loki's staff, which was eventually turned into the Vision. So now all we have, I guess, is Reality gem and soul gem, reality I believe. Reality gem. I'm... Yeah, so reality gem would have been nice for, for the microverse, I guess. And a lot of people are saying that the soul gem might show up in the Doctor Strange movie. Because why not, right? right. Magic. You know, I'm almost... I almost... I mean, and, and I, I want to, you know, say that you're definitely more versed in, in this than I am. But I almost want to say there's one more that's already been revealed by... I can't even put my finger on it. No. You're right. Maybe I haven't. I I am missing one because I'm only thinking. Okay, so the 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 space cube, the tesseract right. is one. There's the pow, the one from Thor. There's the one from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And the there's, one and the one from the Guardians of the Galaxy, that that's the that's the one that that uh, they all held at the end, right? Yeah, it was. I think it was the time jam because when it was used, it made things age rapidly. Okay. Uh, like it, remember the assistant basically turned into dust. Right. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's the time gem because the the tesseract is the space gem. The tesseract. Okay. Yeah. So mind gem is Loki's staff, which becomes the vision. Right. And the, power gem is the ether. The ether. Which, yeah. So from the red matter, basically. Yeah. yeah. The red matter mm-hmm. also makes because in the if I I remember um I read the Infinity uh, Gauntlet storyline in in the nineties. Or was it the 80s? I was I was already way past the ending of the series when I finally got my hands on it. But I do know that the power gem is red. Right. So, hmm. gosh, yeah, they, I almost want to say there's one more. I'd, yeah, I'd have to go back and pull up the movies and just try to try to think. Yeah, but so far, like I like I said, we've um, we've pretty much been like checking it off, and all we can think of now is reality gem and soul gem, and so we're thinking, like, reality gem, we thought maybe that might be an Ant-Man, and soul gem probably in Doctor Strange, because why not? Is is there, was there anything in the recent Iron Man movie, the Iron Man 3? Was... Uh, no, Iron Man had no encounter. It, the only thing we got with Iron Man was the, um, oh gosh, it was the name of the uh, extremists. Okay. But that's not a gem. That's more of like a techno virus that gives you power. Right, right, right. Hmm. Gosh. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sure you know the, the people who are in the know that they will you know email in or or tweet or something to that effect. Uh, yeah. The end of the movie. I I really like the scene where Hope and Scott kiss, and then uh, Hank walks in on them. 
Yes, and, and he goes, really? Yeah, Scott really, like, he, he basically throws her under the bus. And this is Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd, and I just, I loved it. I agree. I completely agree with the whole, like, well, she came on to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's like, you know, hope, you know, well, whatever he says, I don't want to screw up the, the quote, but uh, it's, 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 it's really funny. Um, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. And, oh, we got one more story from Luis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was this one? Well, I have this guy. Oh, the, this is where we get the uh, the bartender, the uh, Stan Lee cameo in this story. Yeah, you got Stan Lee cameo. And uh, did you know the girl who was telling the story? Did, did, I, did I know who she was? The Asian girl who was telling the story. Oh, I've her. Seen, no. Uh, she, I've seen her in a lot of YouTube videos. She does a lot of geeks, geek news, and she's really funny. Mm. And I'm, I, I, it, it's not, she's not like Olivia Munn level right. um, in terms of fame, but I've seen her around. And I want to say her name is like Anna something. Hmm. And um, let me see if I can find it. She is hilarious. So the fact that she got a cameo, and I'm like, oh, you're moving on up, and that's great. So yeah, you're, you're right. She, so she's like the next Olivia Munn, basically. Yeah. She, she is, and and I, you know, I am always, I always have a special shout out for Elza for all our fellow Asians in entertainment. Anna Akana. Akana. There we go. Akana yeah, she's Akana. great. She, she is um, cute. She's really pretty. She, she has a lot of funny videos on YouTube. You should check those out. Yeah, I definitely will. I had no, I, I, I had no idea she was a. Uh, I, I, I just thought it was just like another extra or something. Oh no, she's she's great. She's, I mean, she's, she's. She's still like I guess she's still relatively new, so I can see how she's not that recognizable. But I think people that have seen her videos and she has quite a following are definitely were definitely like laughing and happy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'll definitely check her out. Yeah, she's pretty great. But it was a great segue into our second uh, post credit scene, right? Uh, the second one. I, I'm having a brain fart now. It, the second post credit scene was it's uh, oh, Winter yes. Soldier. Winter Soldier, right? Um, yes. Do, do you want to just go ahead and take it? Um, uh, I'll, I'll set up the scene, and you can take it from there. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, so the end credit, we see um, uh, Captain America and Falcon. They're in some kind of warehouse, maybe? So, mm, looks like it's, yeah, a warehouse. Some, or some a kind of warehouse. And then you got the Winter Soldier, whose arm is in some kind of, uh, the, uh, like some kind of what? press, like like a hydraulic yeah. press. They're, they're holding him hostage that way, uh, which is very interesting. And they talk a little bit about getting some help, and then you go ahead and take it there. Um, and uh, Falcon basically says, I know a guy, which is a callback to how the movie ends, with uh, apparently the Falcon has diffused information out there to hopefully get it uh, tracked down Ant-Man. And um, and also what's going on is with the how, um, not Guardians of the Galaxy, but Avengers 2, the way that ended, Tony was more pro the uh, what's that act that uh, superhuman registration act right which Tony is is for and Cap is not right yeah and... he definitely is all for personal freedoms and feels that not everyone should be forced to work for the government and that's what's going on with this as well because because um, they don't think that Tony is going to be happy with what's going on right and this is what's going to oh, no. lead into civil war. That's definitely gonna gonna be what le- leads into civil war. Also, it's an interesting way for them to get Ant Man on the team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I wonder what it was though that made Falcon think of Ant Man. Well, um, you know what I think it is. 
I think they feel that they need Ant-Man to shrink in between the machinery and tamper with it. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of get that, but I just wonder how Falcon thinks that he could trust him already. Because I'm trying to think, like, during the fight... Well, because um, Ant-Man, didn't Ant-Man say, like, I'm a, I, I personally respect you and I feel bad that I'm doing this, but I'm doing this. Yeah, but... Because, you know, Falcon could have just thought that he was just... Could have been a bad guy, you know? Yeah, Maybe with Hydra. Yeah. That's true, but I feel that if he was a Hydra guy, he would have been actively trying to kill... Good point, yeah. ...the Falcon. But he even... He even It was actually, if you think about it, the Falcon in that fight was the aggressor because Paul Rudd kept on saying, I know you're a nice guy, I respect you, I like the work you do. Right. Just, he was more of the defense uh, of things. Yeah. yeah. More, in fact, he was kind of ready to hightail it out there. But, right. <laughs> you know? He was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave now, bye. And then uh, the Falcon was like, no, 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 I'm arresting you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point, and I hope they flesh that out a lot more too. And um, you know, I, I don't want too much time has passed, you know, where we have to kind of like, oh, okay, you know, maybe this is what happened. I, I want them to show us just a little bit more. Yeah, um, and also I'm looking forward to some interaction between Ant Man, Captain America, and the Falcon. Yeah, because those three guys in the same room together or having to work together, would I think is hilarious. Yeah, I, I I can get down with that for sure. I mean, like I said, I I'm a big uh, fan of Paul Rudd, but also, yeah. um, the Captain America movies. Those those are my favorite movies. Oh yeah, Cap- Winter Winter Soldier. I think is still my favorite standalone film. That's mine too. And I love I love how you know Captain America is interesting when you're done with his origin story because now when you have him doing the whole like I like how he had a notebook of all all yes. the stuff that he could catch up on <laughs> right so whenever someone would make a reference he's like I know what Nirvana is yeah yeah that's like, just great that. and I feel that Captain America the way he looks at modern technology with the sense of wonder instead of being a grumpy old man about it I like how I I can't wait to see what his take is on wait a shrinking guy. Right, and yeah. how? Let me see. Captain America was in World War Two, right? That's when that's when he disappeared. Yes, that's when he disappeared. And and uh, Ant Man, the original Ant Man, was around Vietnam. during the Cold War and Vietnam. Oh, no, Cold Cold War was Korean fifties. Uh, no, Cold War was well, Russia. Russia. Remember, he, okay. they had to deal with Russia. So Cold War oh, was right, from right. yeah between the end of uh, World War Two up until ninth uh, like. I guess Reagan was done by the end of Reagan's term. Uh, yeah, see, I, I know nothing about wars. <laughs> I, we just keep on having them, yeah. apparently. Well, I, I did fight in one, but uh, not not the older ones, obviously. So. Yeah. No, 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 but uh, it's still great because, I mean, this is definitely technology that that is after Captain America got stuck in that iceberg. Yeah. So him just having to stare with wonder and, I guess, horror, because that's how he felt when, when, um, when he found out that Hydra was had infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, I have too. That was a, I mean, man, you know, way to way to realize that the good guys became the bad guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, what's, what's the next? Well, the next one is Fantastic um, Four, but it's not part of. But it's not part of Marvel. Right. The next Marvel I think we're getting is, I guess it's already Captain America, right? And then is Doctor it? Strange. What I don't, about... I don't remember first. I think it's either Captain America and then Doctor Strange. Who else is coming out with the? Uh... Oh, um, what about the Black Panther? Black Panther, I think, is after Civil War. Okay, too. is it also after? I thought he was yeah. gonna play a play a part after um, Avengers Two. See, I thought that that he would play yeah, a no, part I, in something. I 
I, I, what I read was Black Panther will get his backdoor introduction in Captain America three, I and see. then have his own movie mm, later. Okay, it's, um, it's all setting up. Yeah, it's all setting up. I, I, what I'm curious about is if we get Doctor Strange before or after Civil War, because they referenced Doctor Strange already right. as early as a Captain America two, mm-hmm. and even Avenger. I mean, a Shield Agents of Shield already has um, Doctor Strange references. So I'm just like, all right, when are you going to show him? Yeah. Because we already know it's the Cumberbatch. Right. Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, I don't know much about the uh, Doctor Strange, and I know that there's an animated movie. Um, yeah. Have you seen that one? Uh, I've seen the animated movie, and that's basically his origin in a nutshell. Okay. If they can do a more interesting version of that, that'll be great. Also, they have cast Tilda Swinton to be one of the villains of the film. I did see so- that. That was just like in the last week, was it? It was before Comic-Con, I think, was when they made the announcement. Right, Because okay. we haven't all we've gotten for news is that Tilda Swinton is going to be in the Doctor Strange movie and that we are getting a Doctor Strange movie, obviously. I like her. Uh, you know, she's... I, she's great. Yeah, she's, she's underrated. She terrifying. She needs to be terrifying. I always mix and, her up with uh, Anne Hesh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anne Hesh isn't terrifying as an actress. She's terrifying in real life, apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, remember, the she put Ellen through a, quite an emotional roller coaster. I, I, don't, I don't think I knew that. Oh, uh, she and uh, she briefly dated Ellen DeGeneres, remember? And it was a bit of a whirlwind breakup. No, I hadn't. No, this that's new. Uh, as as long as I've known, she's always been with Portia. See, that's the thing is, Por- she, I'm glad that they, we've normalized Portia and Ellen because that's the most stable relationship now in Ellen's life. Yeah. Before that, she had Anne Hayes, and that was a nightmare, apparently. Oh, I had no idea. Was there, yeah. Was that like? Uh, when was uh, that? Early, early, early to mid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I. F- I wasn't into so, like celebrity news like that at that time. Well, to be fair, like around the time that I was a teenager, that was already when Portia and Ellen were already a thing. So they are they've been the Brangelina of of lesbians for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You'll only get that on this show, people. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be fair. Uh, Angelina was married to Billy Bob Thornton, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one, and and all their stories of. You know how active Crazy. they were. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. So I mean, I guess everybody has that one ex. And then, and then, and then, uh, Nicholas Cage goes on to do National Treasure with John Voight. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and now John Voight is on uh, uh oh gosh, Ray Donovan, and he's great on that one. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's with uh, Leif Schreiber, Schreiber, right? Yes, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, I think you might like John, um Ray Donovan. Oh, I I would like so many shows if I just had the time to watch them all. Like. <laughs> I'm super jealous. Like um, every time, like uh, um, Project Fandom starts like a new show, I'm like, oh, I want to watch that, but I still need to catch up on these other things. Um, right. I, I, I've been out of the loop uh, on on the group page. I, I kind of hop in and out, but also I haven't finished up Game of Thrones, and oh, and I've been I've been pretty spoiled from um, from the group and and just people in general. Uh, I I was once sent a quiz asking me what my favorite death was. It it, it included like three of them from like the last few episodes that I hadn't seen yet. Oh, no. And I was all like, okay, well this person dies now. Um, and uh, spoiler alert for those that aren't caught up too. Okay, so this is your warning. Skip fifteen seconds or whatever. But a, <laughs> a friend of mine on Twitter he posted a picture of this um, nameplate on some uh, somebody's. Right outside somebody's office, and it says uh-huh. it says Jon Snow, and oh, no. his damn caption said, "Oh, I thought you died." Oh <laughs> and, no! And I replied, oh. "I go that that's not a spoiler, is it?" And he's like, "No." 
I was like, great. But uh, but I've seen the other headlines too. Is he? Well, is he not? He might be back. Okay. Well, to be fair though, Peter, mm-hmm. I have been waiting six years in in book time. Yeah. To find out if he is not indeed dead. And you're still and waiting. Let me, tell, <laughs> let me tell you, I don't think he's dead. No, actually, no. I'll take that back. I think he's dead. But I know, like a comic book superhero, he's coming back. Okay. So I will leave it at that. Are, are we ever getting the uh, ladies? Oh, Stone I don't. Or... I think you know that ship has sailed and sunk. So okay. no, we're not getting her on the show, which is sad because and she has a lot to do in the book. So yeah. that's really interesting. Oh, and that's another reason I I, I love listening to, you know to you to to bring the the, the comparisons on there. Well, so. it, it's kind of like a, did you ever read the Harry Potter books? None. I I own all oh. the movies. Oh, okay. Well, okay. In the in the books, there is a minor ghost character named. You know how Myrtle? like the the. No, his name is Peeves. Oh, it's a guy. Okay. Poltergeist. Uh-huh. And in the books, he goes around trolling all of the students. Uh-huh. He does not exist in the movies. So it's one of those little things that it's just like, man, if he existed in the movies, the movies would be a little bit more like fuller, you know? Yeah, yeah. But in the books, he, he doesn't really have major roles in the books, but he definitely has like funny scenes where it's just like someone was just late to class and by three seconds and he basically follows this kid around saying, you're late, you're late, you're late, you're late. <laughs> the entire day that'd be like funny he's that guy yeah oh, that's funny they, they, they probably just didn't want to waste the money on that i guess yeah they just want to make, waste the money on the cgi to create a, a character that wasn't really that completely essential but still it's one of those things that it's like you know it, it's good to know that there's a character like that like when you read him in the books you're like oh my god this guy you know what i can totally see people dressing up as him at comic cons too just following people and trolling them <laughs> you're no, your costume that's, sucks. All he does is troll people, and it's hilarious it, in the book. It's like I don't. I'm sure you've seen this picture, but there, there's this couple that goes around dressed as the, uh, um, the, uh, the Waynes, and then they, yeah. they look for any Batman, and they just lay on the and ground. They just, <laughs> yeah, they just lay on the ground, and well, that was pretty hilarious. So that's what I imagine this character would do. Yeah, this no, that guy is pretty much like that. He just basically is there to ruin your fun if you're a student of Hogwarts. <laughs> right. Um, but with Ant-Man, do you have any last thoughts? Um, you know, I am excited. I'm ex- Like I said, I was really... My hopes for the next phase of Marvel's movies was hinging on how well Ant-Man was going to do mm-hmm. because he's basically going to be on the roster for the uh, the Avengers films moving forward, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, after after Captain America Civil War, we're basically on the, the hurdle to... Avengers Infinity War. So, I mean, you know, that's that's going to be great in my opinion cuz now we finally get Josh Brolin finally gets to um, you know, exercise his um muscle, his action muscle playing Thanos. Yeah. Who has always been a terrifying Marvel villain. You know what's funny is uh I recently uh, I don't know if you know I do another podcast called Original Remake. Oh yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, and we we uh, we had Carly come on, and we did the um, old boy movies. Yeah. And uh, I I was mentioning how yeah you got Thanos in here and Scarlet Witch <laughs> and also uh, Nick Fury, <laughs> all in the uh, the remake movie. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, you... but it's I'm excited. I'm very excited. And again, Marvel has knocked it out of the park. And man, DC, you really need to step it up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited myself. It's uh, it it's gonna seem like a while, but at least we got some DC movies that's gonna kind of you know. Yeah. Well, well, we have Captain America next year at least. 
when next? Is it late next year? It. I think it's gonna be May. Like I believe. Okay. The Batman Superman was supposed to be also in May with Captain America, but then they were like, nope, nope, we're gonna wait for like June, I think, or August, and, or or July. Yeah, and like, then they, they moved it to March. Oh, they moved it to March. Okay, they moved it. They, I know they moved it because they did not want to compete with Captain America, apparently. Yeah, let me double check. But I, I want to say I, the last I remember that it was like near my birthday. And that's the only reason I want to say March because my birthday is always during spring break. Oh, wait, when's your birthday? Because my birthday is in March too. I'm, I'm March 15th. Uh, I'm March 24th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. My, uh, my dad is, my, my daughter's March 19th. My dad's March 20th. I'm 24th. And my brother's 26th. Oh, nice. So four I, birthdays I'm, in one week. I have a lot of Pisces in my family. My uncle, I mean, not my uncle, but my um, my uncle's wife was March 10. I'm March 15. I believe my grandfather was March 18. He was St. Patty's Day. Oh, wow. There's that. Um, and then I think uh, there's someone else in my family that's also March. And I know it's all in a row for us in our family, too. So there we go. Yeah, uh, Batman v Superman is March 25th, so the day after my birthday. Uh, nice. Hint, hint to the um, listeners, you know, if you guys want to pitch in and send me to go watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, uh, I don't think we really need to do a recap of what we're going to rate this movie, but... On the show, we like to uh, rate movies on a scale of one to five, uh, one to five stars, and you can break them down to quarters if you like. But okay. um, you know, I, I kind of already mentioned that I'm a big fan of Paul Rudd, and I, I think he was great in this movie. Uh, I had a little bit of the pacing issues and the montage being a little lackluster. Like I would have liked a little bit more. Um, but I agree. Yeah, overall, I, I I think a solid four. I think a solid four is pretty good. It, you know, I I had some minor disappointments, but that's just because my expectations were a little high. Um, I can see where that could be the case. Yeah, and and so you know, I I didn't love it, which was the disappointing part. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, I felt like this was a little bit more for the family, despite there being like four instances I think where they say the sh word. Um, yeah. Other than that, yeah, I think it's a little bit more for the family, and you kind of mentioned it too that in on a Saturday afternoon you saw like families coming in. So um, I I would have preferred this being a little bit more for the older teens, you know the you know the young adult audiences. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that's what the Deadpool movie is supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> so we'll be looking for that. So yep, I'm gonna go with the four stars. Okay. I you know. I agree with you, and I am going to give it. Um, I'll give it a four, four and a quarter. Okay. I think the reason I'm giving it an extra quarter is it actually for me it has watchability, rewatchability. Mm-hmm. So I I see myself actually owning the DVD. I think, and I see myself like if I have friends over or if I want to come over to a friend's house and we're having movie night and I, we want something lighthearted, but at the same time entertaining. I'm gonna put Ant Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I I will buy it just because I'm a completionist, you know, so oh. I, I have all the Marvel movies. And um, as far as rewatchability, yeah, I could throw it in. You know, it's it's got laughs. You know, it, it would be a fun movie to, to watch, but it's it's not one that I would probably watch over and over and over. You know, I wouldn't have times where I go, you know what, I'm going to throw in Ant-Man, but I will own it to have it. So when it comes up, I'll throw it in. Right, yeah. I, I completely agree. So, it's, it was, it's a good film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one last time, how uh, listeners could find your work or where they can get a hold of you if you uh, invite that type of interaction? Uh, well, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Anton Boleyn, but I'm also on projectfandom.com. I, I've 
currently been reviewing, uh, I've reviewed Marco Polo on Netflix and Daredevil on Netflix, which is funny. Even Nina has a joke that I'm basically the Netflix guy <laughs> when it comes to my reviews. Hopefully that'll change come fall once I start reviewing Lucifer on Fox, which is great. Um, I'm also on Unspoiled Podcast. Um, right now we're reviewing um, The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. And interestingly enough, the Lucifer uh, character from the Fox show that's coming up soon was a spinoff character of that series. Mm. So that's a, that's actually a really good comic book. Um, it's one of those things that if I had to, if someone came up to me and says, I want to read comics, but I don't want to read superhero comics, I would definitely introduce them to Sandman because that's definitely one of those things that um, it's, it should have been an HBO show 10 years ago. Mm, one of those. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. In fact, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, is working closely with Neil Gaiman right now to make it a movie. I don't know if he'll star in it, um, but he will definitely like fund it and be part of the production, so that's great. You know, I think I read that he was also. Uh, didn't the studios want him to play Scott Lang? Uh, oh, Scott Lang, really? Yeah, I, I think I read that. I think it was it was a rumor or something which he kind of shot down. But I kind of I would have liked that too. That would have been great. Yeah, because you know, honestly, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been killing it with his comedic roles. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him too. I've I liked him ever since Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> I've loved him since Third Rock from the Sun. So. Okay, yeah, I so that's pretty great. Kind of watched a little bit of that. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but okay. Well, yeah, Anton, I've, I've enjoyed having you on. Um, you're gonna have to come back again, and I think we Four. kind of talked about Fantastic Four, right? Yes, I am so down for Fantastic Four because, again, it's a remake, but this time they are. A, I feel that they're embracing the more fantastic elements of the Fantastic Four that they didn't seem to embrace in the original two films. Mm-hmm. So I am okay with that. And I am all for Black Human Torch. Yes, I am a huge fan of Michael B. Jordan. I loved him in Chronicles and, um, or is it Chronicle? And, Chronicle. Yeah, Chronicle, Chronicle and Fruitvale Station. So yes. big fan of those movies. Uh, definitely check that out. Uh, and I also heard that during the uh, uh, comic uh, STC Comic-Con, um, SDC, SD Comic Con San Diego. Uh, when he went on stage, he had the biggest applause. Applause? Applaud. Yeah, he got the biggest applause, which I think is great. Yeah. I mean, Johnny, Johnny Storm does not have to be white. Because if anything, there now that we live in the age of hip hop, there are way more hip hop artists that are Johnny Storm, in my opinion. Yeah. Like his character in the comic book, I'm. He's Kanye. He's the Kanye West (laughs) of superheroes. Because it's one of those things, like, Johnny Storm is one of those things where it's, like, the only people that love him are his family because he's that much of a a jerk. (laughs) He he really, like, out of all the members of the Fantastic Four, he's the one that milks the celebrity aspect of being from that team. Right, and we kind of saw a little bit of that. Yeah, Yeah. uh, and I think that's why I am all for the fact that you can do a race flip on Johnny Johnny Storm and it's completely fine. Like, I'm not... I don't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. It'll, it'll definitely be an interesting one because I, I wasn't like a, a really big fan of the the two earlier movies, but my, my son was. He he really loved them. Right. So uh, I'll you know be interested to hear what he thinks about the, the, the remake. But um, yeah, so uh, there we go. Fantastic Four will be the next episode. Uh, I have you come on. I think that's just next month, right? Yes. Yeah. So just, week. Yep. A few more weeks here. And so uh, until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Anton. And this is Hydrate Level 4. Thinking, star, 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 star.